And it's like, bro, don't you want to make money? Yeah. Ain't this your job? You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Dame DeLorean, Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City, Bowl After Bowl. Bowl, bowl After, after bowl. bowl. Lorian Spencer. Where did it come from? These people are sick. Where, where did it come from? Are you accusing me of being dumb? The most beautiful young people you've ever seen. It's true! Listen, you motherfuckers. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna I'm gonna come. Come in the bowl. In fact, I, I came. Here I am. <laughs> oh, here I am. Welcome! It's another Token Tuesday. May 4th. May the 4th be with you. 2021. And may the bowl be with you. <laughs> I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And it's episode 80. 80. Feeling greaty. <laughs> oh, yeah. They just keep ticking up, 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 don't they? Yes. Week after week. Yeah, it's been a busy one. Uh, had another Bowls with Buds on Friday night. That was fun. That was a blast good buddy mike hagan you guys can check that out actually you can check out all of our bowls with buds episodes now by going to bowlswithbuds.com i grabbed it Woo! it was still around Ooh, i'm, I'm kind of kicking back just take a little second out there that's a little better yeah bowlswithbuds.com uh i'm glad that i thought to jump on that when i did does it bring you straight to the Bowls of Buds episodes? It does. Cool. It redirects to the categories where Bowls with Buds are. And I kind of debated what of the old shows we want to put into that category. We can or we... Mm. It's you... possible because we've had some hosts in the past. I just did, you like... know, right when we started with John and Carolyn. I started with that one. So all of the Bowls with Buds episodes. But you're talking about... The old bowl yeah. after bowl episodes, like when you interviewed the Doge Cade dude. Mm-hmm. Actually, Mike was on a an old episode too. Oh, cool! So technically, Mike is our first return guest. Funny enough. Wow. But yeah, we've done episodes with Aaron Mallon. Hey, I Josh was a guest. <laughs> I was a guest on one of the original bowls. You with were. Buds. You were once <laughs> a guest. It's true. It just wasn't bowls with buds back then. No. So. Yeah, maybe we'll reverse engineer the Bulls with Buds thing. I don't know yet. Still playing with it. Um, but. 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 We still uh, are a value for value podcast. So we always like to start off talking about that and thanking people for value received over the last week. Uh, this week is a funny week because although we do not technically have a treasure uh, producer this week. We still have producers bringing random things, and I first want to talk about what we received in the mail just a short time ago from our good friend Farmer Todd. It's Batch 33, uh, Pennsylvania Pure Maple Syrup, a quart Ooh. of this maple syrup uh, from his lovely farm. And he also sent me this uh, local paper here, the... Uh, 
Um, volume 66, number 23 of Lancaster Farming. Two bucks a copy. And there was an interesting story right here on the front page. The uh, picture and the story here. Marijuana farming proposed for Pennsylvania. Hoping to aid farmers and boost state revenue to Pennsylvania state senators are introducing a bill to legalize recreational marijuana. I think we're at a point in time in Pennsylvania when we should have the adult conversation about this, Senator Dan Laughlin of Mill Creek Township said in an interview this week with the Lancaster Farming Industrial Hemp Podcast. Hey, shout out to your podcast, Laughlin. And uh, Senator Sharif Street, a Democrat out of Philadelphia, uh, Laughlin is a Republican, by the way, out of Mill Creek Township. Uh, they announced plans on February 24th to introduce a roughly 70-page bill that would outline who could farm marijuana, who could use it, and how the current Ill currently illegal crop would be regulated. The bill will likely face opposition, but if approved, it would designate the third form of cannabis that can be farmed and consumed under strict regulations in Pennsylvania. Medical marijuana and non-intoxicating hemp are already legal. Laughlin and Street's bill would allow 100 marijuana microcultivation centers to be licensed in the program's first year. Another 50 growing operations would be accepted the following year. And after that, supply and demand would determine expansion, Laughlin said. The story continues inside, but uh, it's kind of an interesting little read here. And then, uh, hilariously, if you open this copy up and turn to page 2, uh, the headline on page 2 is... Is corn after corn right for you? <laughs> so corn after corn there and the bull after bull. I don't even know if Farmer Todd read the uh, corn after corn part. Uh, if he just sent it for the weed story or if he saw both. I'm not sure. But uh, it was a paper that gave, gave a lot of gems. So thank you for that. And uh, we are very excited to try some of this maple syrup. Yes, we are. That you sent. Uh, we accept all forms of treasure here on the bowl. That's right. <laughs> this pure and natural old-fashioned maple syrup is made from sap of the sugar maple tree. Approximately 40 gallons of maple sap are boiled down to produce the correct density of a gallon of this pure maple syrup. And this, I'm holding a quart of it myself. So it would be 10 gallons of sap. Look at that math on the fly. Did you know? That pure maple syrup is na nature's healthful sweetener, contains vitamins, minerals, and necessary amino acids. Try it on grapefruit, hot cereal, granola, granola excuse me, plain <laughs> yogurt, winter squash, or sweet potatoes. My mouth is getting dry just thinking about the syrup. I yeah. think I will make it uh, some flapjacks in the morning and try it out. So thank you, Farmer Todd. Thank um, you. We also got another gift from Douche Bar who stopped by. With this lovely thing. Wowie zowie. Ooh. You hear that? Epic. Listen to that bell. Uh, an electric bell. By electric, I mean a real physical bell that plugs into the wall and uh, operates on 110 volts of wham on that hammer. So that thing comes in hot, my man. Uh, I've got it positioned like eight feet away from the mics here. And I might even have to move it further. I'm not sure. It's just so uh, overpowering. But it sounds pretty cool. This is the old uh, bell there. It's a little higher pitched and a little flat. And you can see it decays really quickly. Sharp cutoff. Whereas this thing has some hang time. So increasing the uh, magic, I suppose, of that. So thank you 
very much, Douche Bar. Yes, thank you, Douche Bar. It's always fun to meet uh, listeners of the show in person. And um, he actually came by the Bull War Station um, here over by the zoo. <laughs> he was like, um, uh, kind of like, do you want to meet somewhere in neutral territory? And I probably should have because the house was totally ruined uh, at the time. Um, everything's a mess. I got to get it back in order for the whole uh, home birthing process. Home birth process <laughs> that's coming up, yes. And a lot of people are going to be in and out of here and yeah. visiting and stuff. So I have to kind of get it back into <laughs> presentable shape. But, you know, uh, come as you are and all of that stuff. He was like, I don't know, uh, are you comfortable like with an internet random uh, rando coming over? And I was like, well, I'm an internet rando too. I said, just don't do anything crazy or I'll shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, visited with him for a little bit. Got this nice bowl, uh, bell, the bowl bell. Bowl bell. As it is. So thank you for that. Yes, thank you, Douche Bar, and it was lovely meeting you. Um... Finally got Lorian on the Sphinx. Yes. I'm there. I'm ready to party. How are you feeling stream about that? Sats. It's cool. Uh, what were some questions I asked you in the first day? I don't really remember. Uh, well, the oh, first yeah, how to boost. I was like, sure. how do I boost? <laughs> You're like, it's the green button. Select what you want to boost and hit the green button. And I'm on mobile most of the time. Mm-hmm. And there's like a slider. For how many sats you want to boost? Yeah, it's like hard to use. You can't use it. So yeah. you have to go into your little profile and set a set amount of sats to boost. Yeah, it's a little tough to use that slider because it's so touchy. You'll slide and it just kind of shoots way up. So yeah, I couldn't get it to four twenty on the slider. It was like five hundred, four hundred, five hundred, four hundred. Yeah. I was like, nah. <laughs> if you go into the profile, then you can kind of fine tune your default boost to whatever you want it to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a cool s- little spot. Did you sign up for any other tribes? Yeah, there? I did. Uh, Behind the Schemes was actually the first tribe I joined. Nice. And then No Agenda, Mofax, uh, Animated No Agenda. But, you know, I went to Boost and Animated No Agenda, and it has like a loading symbol at the bottom with no options to do anything. Hmm. So I'll have to check back in. I don't know if it's my side or... Yeah, we'll have to take a look at that. Sphinx side. But it's fun. I like the I like the layout. Um, I was getting frustrated with notifications. Yeah. And just turned them off because I just don't like phone notifications, you guys. I only want to know if I'm getting a call or a text message or a work email. That's it. Makes sense. Basic yeah. phone user here. And so it would be like... Oh, there's an interaction in the, uh, the what's the intro group called? It's like Sphinx, uh, Planet Sphinx or right, something. Planet Sphinx, yep. And that's just going off all the time. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're driving me nuts. But, yeah, it was fun being in there for the last uh, Live No Agenda, throwing a boost in. It's kind of cool, yeah, to interact and boost people's comments as well as the shows themselves. Um, We had a good misinformed nation i thought on sunday um and we all kind of booberry started with the idea and we've all been kind of building onto it of what it could look like regarding that show so um for those who haven't heard yet or don't know yet i'm doing a podcast so far uh collaborators are myself booberry sir seat sitter and guiff the cock 
and uh, it's basically a show that brings uh, other podcast clips and kind of like uh, reviews or revisits them. And it's sort of a work in progress. The idea has been evolving, but for right now, what we have is a a show where we bring uh, on stream clips and off stream clips, and then kind of do a side by side of each of them. Sometimes dudes will set a theme, this and that. Uh, we kind of have general rules and then come to the show and break them. But <laughs> the idea moving forward is we kind of want to have a rotating cast or like a plastic Ono band style um, for hosting the show, you know? Ultimately, what I envision actually is like a <clears throat> if we have a calendar of sign-ups on Sunday mornings that people can just sign up for slots to do, and then we have just a rotating cast of characters every week all from within, you know, this big uh, creator community pool that we have. And I think that uh, <clears throat> bringing, you know, more and more voices on will give us different range of shows, different ideas, perspectives. It'll keep it fresh, and it'll also free us up from, you know, all of us not having to have to be there every single week, week after week. Because <clears throat> right now we have it uh, where we're doing it every other week which almost for a podcast isn't often enough to kind yeah. of stay relevant. And there's so much stuff coming out. So, you know, there's a lot to, there's plenty of talk to talk about. It's not like you'd ever run out of clips to bring. Um, oh, especially with the millions of podcasts out there. Exactly. <laughs> and then last week, kind of what ha ended up happening is Gwiff brought most of his clips from an off stream podcast. And I brought all of my clips from an on stream podcast. And I thought, what, if uh, we had three to four hosts each week and then everybody brought clips from and on the No Agenda stream kind of in the No Agenda Universe podcast and then, you know, we'd have one guy who drew a short straw and had to go off stream to get a podcast. <laughs> so we could still have an off stream guy, but that would just be one guy rotating every week. And maybe he could bring the off stream in addition to his on stream stuff. That way, if you wanted to do sure. the show... Um, everybody could sign up, bring your on-stream one, and then the short, short straw guy would also have to bring an additional like set of clips for the off-stream stuff. But then that way, if you're like excited about an on-stream show you want to share with uh, Misinformed Nation, you got it all ready to go, but then you get picked for short straw. You don't have to like lose the clips you were going to bring. You used to bring another one in. I don't know. That's just like a spitball idea I haven't even like typed up into a message to throw to the group, but... You know, we're, we're kind of doing this work in progress type stuff and figuring out what works. But I think that would be really cool to have just a rotating cast of characters and make it bigger than any single one of us doing it right now, you know. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to listen to you Sunday morning. Yeah, I felt like it was good. It was a good mix of stuff. Um, and a strong ending. <laughs> uh, and just strong. <laughs> Yeah, Sir Seat Setter brought the brought the heat with the Tim Dillon clips at the end. Yes. Yeah, it was good stuff. Lifted the mood back up. <laughs> but yeah. Check <clears throat> it out. Misinformation. MS <clears throat> period. Informed nation. Uh just received word today that Abel Kirby quite badly burned his hand. Oh no. So he will not be uh playing music for a second while his hand heals up. Oh. So Do we have we want to uh, send him health karma? Health karma. Uh, I've got this for him. I'm gonna give you this joint, nigga. Hopefully this joint can help. It'll help. Um, it helps. I saw him uh, 
on the tutors and I said, uh, you know, Kanye, he spit it through the wire. Maybe you could shred one out through the fire. Hey. Too soon, though. Too soon. No, we hope your hand gets better, Abel Kirby. We can return to making sweet music soon, soon. Uh, setbacks, setbacks. But uh, maybe while your guitar hand is out of commission, we could do some lightning studying. Uh, you only need one hand for lightning. Lightning. You can do it with your feet, too, if you're really talented, the lightning stuff. You probably even speak it to your computer. Oh, yeah, speech to text. Yes. That's not a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, I was going to say, no, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that personally, but. Oh, uh, the only other thing. Well, I shouldn't say the only other thing. There's plenty of other things <laughs> in the fire. Um, I did talk with Phoenix today, trying to help her get her value for value site set up on a recipe vlog that she's trying to do. Very on, cool. On the YouTubes uh, called No Apologies. Oh, nice. So just kind of working through I was going to work her through setting up a WordPress but you know some of that's pretty involved and WordPress isn't necessarily the most intuitive and you don't always need it so if you're doing like a YouTube channel and you just want to make a certain YouTube video either every week or every other week or whatever with some regularity you can still kind of do everything you need to do and post the links in the descriptions as you post as you throw them up for the value for value returns so um I think she's still kind of figuring out what exactly she wants to do or what format she wants to do it in. But uh, when it's up, you know, we'll be plugging it and uh, letting people know about it. Heck yeah. And let's make sure it gets on No Agenda Tube, too. Yeah, No Agenda Tube is a good place to cross uh, upload it. Yeah, I don't trust that. Commie Tube. Poo Tube. Of course, we're still on (laughs) WordPress and... uh, I just I just stopped saying that I'm working on a new website because I am, but <laughs> who the hell knows when that's going to be done? So I've also taken on another project. Oh yay! Uh, from C Mike who turned me onto it. Project after project. We like projects here at the, in the bowl. So uh, there's another one. Uh, we just love projects. Doing all kinds of projects. Yes, we are. Um, and speaking of projects. We talked about on Bulls with Buds with Mike slightly a uh, an internet story I had read <clears throat> years ago. I think I read it like 10 years ago the first time. And I said, oh, I'm going to read it uh, next time on the show next Tuesday. And it's, I guess, another Philosopher's Stoned segment. You could think of it as that, even though <laughs> I don't have a jingle for that yet. Uh, because it became irregular. It's not really a regular segment. But it's just... I've been thinking about it a lot. And as I take all these projects on and kind of run around with my head cut off, chicken with my head cut off, I'm looking for what the bigger picture should be or, you know, what should our overall aim with this stuff be? And uh, is there some sort of higher destination that that uh, we should keep in mind when we're doing this? So... I kind of returned to this and reread it, and I think it'd be fun just to knock out on uh, on the episode, do something weird and different uh, for once. So what do you think about that? Yeah. I have it right. pulled up. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I mean, this is a 13-page story, so you can settle back, get comfortable, rip a bowl. And uh, I'd like to talk a little bit 
about the implications of it. So just for setting it up, I found this on a Reddit post at least 10 years ago on r slash, I think it's like r slash skeptic or something. Uh, and it was sent to me, this Reddit post. And it was just like one of the cooler internet stories. Um, it's written by a guy who I think is into like, he's like an atheist who's into the transhumanism thing. Uh, which overall, big picture, I'm not 100% sold on or crazy about necessarily. Um, but this story overall, I kind of read as a thought experiment. And there are a few things in there that really get you thinking about the implications of life and of evolution. And should we have a goal in mind? And like, what are we doing here? What, what makes sense as the goal? And there's so many distractions in the mainstream and in life that uh, it just makes me wonder. And so I wanted to share it with the bowlers and get some input on maybe how you feel about it. Is it horse shit? Is part of it cool? Uh, have you thought about similar things in your life? Here we go. Uh, it's called Talking to God. <clears throat> I met God the other day. I know what you're thinking. How the hell did you know it was God? Well, I'll explain as we go along, but basically he convinced me by having all, and I do mean all, the answers. Every question I flung at him, he batted back with a plausible and satisfactory answer. In the end, it was easier to accept that he was God than otherwise. Which is odd, because I'm still an atheist, and we even agree on that. It all started on the 820 back from Paddington. I got myself a nice window seat. No screaming brats or drunken hooligans with an earshot. Not even a mobile phone in sight. I sat down, reading the paper, and in he walks. What did he look like? Well, not what you might have expected, that's for sure. He was about 30, wearing a pair of jeans and a hobgoblin t-shirt. Definitely casual. Looked like he could have been a social worker, or perhaps a programmer like myself. Anyone sitting here, he said. Help yourself, I replied. Sits down, relaxes. I ignore and back to the correspondence on genetically modified crops entering the food chain. Train pulls out, and a few minutes later he speaks. Can I ask you a question? Fighting to restrain my left eyebrow, I replied, yes, in a tone which was intended to convey that I might not mind one question, and possibly a supplementary, but I really wasn't in the mood for a full conversation. Why don't you believe in God? The bastard. I love this kind of conversation and can rabbit on it for hours about the nonsense of theists' beliefs, but I have to be in the mood. It's like when a Jehovah's Witness knocks on your door 20 minutes before you're due uh, to have a wisdom teeth pulled. Much as you'd really love to stay, you can't even begin the fun. And I knew if I gave my standard reply, we'd still be arguing when we got to Cardiff. I just wasn't in the mood. I needed to fend him off. But then I thought, Odd, how is this perfect stranger so obviously confident and correct about my atheism? If I'd been driving my car, it wouldn't have been such a mystery. I've got the Darwin fish on the back of mine. The antidote to that twee Christian fish you see all over. So anyone sp spotting that and understanding it would have been in a position to guess my beliefs. But I was on a train and not even wearing my Darwin Evolve t-shirt that day. And the Independent isn't a registered flag for card-carrying atheists, so... What, I wondered, had given the game away? What makes you so certain that I don't? Because, he said, I am God and you're not afraid of me. 
You'll have to take my word for it, of course, but uh, there are many ways you can deliver a line like that, most of which would render the speaker a candidate for an institution, or at least for Prozac, some of which could be construed as mildly entertaining. Conveying it as an indifferent fact is a difficult task, but that's exactly how it came across. Nothing in his tone or attitude struck me as even mildly out of place with that statement. He said it because he believed it, and his rationality did not appear to be drug-induced or the result of a mental breakdown. And why should I believe that? Well, he said, why don't you ask me a few questions, anything you like, and see if the answers satisfy your skeptical mind. This is going to be a short conversation after all, I thought. Who am I? Stottle, Harry Stottle, born August 10th, 1947, Bristol, England, father Paul, mother Mary, educated Duke of York's Royal Military School, 1960-67, Sandhurst and Oxford, PhD in exobiology, failed rock singer, full-time trade union activist for 10 years, laterally, laterally self-employed computer programmer, web author and aspiring philosopher, married to Michelle, an American citizen, two children by a previous marriage, returning home after what seems to have been a very successful meeting with an investor interested in your proposed product, tracking anti-forgery software and protocol, and you ate a full English breakfast at the hotel this morning, except that, as usual, You ask them to hold the revolting English sausages and give you some extra bacon. He paused. You're not convinced. Hmm, what would it take to convince you? May I have your permission for a telepathic link? (laughs) Do you need my permission? Technically, no. Ethically, yes. Might as well play along, I thought. Okay, you have my permission, so convince me. All right, your most secret password and its association. A serious hacker might be able to obtain the password, but no one else, and I mean no one, knows its association. But he did. So how would you have played it? I threw a few more questions about relatively insignificant but unpublicized details of my life, like what my mother claims was the first word I ever spoke, apparently armadillo, don't ask. But I was already pretty convinced. I knew there were only three plausible explanations at this point. Uh, Possibility number one was that I was dreaming, hallucinating, or hypnotized, and nobody's figured out a test for that, so at the time I think that was my dominant feeling. It did not feel real at the time, more like I was in a play, acting my lines. Since the event, however, continuing detailed memories of it, together with my contemporaneous notes, remain available, so unless the hallucination has continued to this day, I am now inclined to reject the hallucination hypothesis, which leaves two others. He could have been a true telepath. No documented evidence exists of anyone ever having such profound abilities to date, but it was a possibility. I would have explained it would have explained how he could know my best-kept secrets. The problem with that is it doesn't explain anything else. In particular, it doesn't account for the answers he proceeded to give my later questions. As Sherlock Holmes would say, When you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Good empiricist, Sherlock. I was forced to accept at least the possibility that this man was who he claimed to be. So now what do you do? Well, I've always known that if I met God, I would have a million questions for him, so I thought, why not? And I proceeded with what follows. You'll have to allow a bit of license in the detail of the conversation. This was, shall we say, a somewhat unusual occurrence. Not to mention just a bit weird. And yes, it was a little bit nervous. Uh, So if I don't get every word perfect, don't whinge. You'll get the gist, I promise. Forgive me if it takes a little time to get up to speed here, but it's not every day I get to question a deity. 
THE deity, he interrupted. Ooh, touchy, I thought. Not really, just correcting the image. Now that takes some getting used to. I tried to get a grip on my thoughts with an internal command. Discipline, Harry. You've always wanted to be in a situation like this, now you're actually in it. You mustn't go to pieces and waste the opportunity of a lifetime. You won't, he said. Huh, <laughs> tell you, that's a bit... That's the bit that made it feel more unreal than anything else. This guy's just sitting across the table and very obviously and accurately reading my every thought. It's like finding someone else's hand inside your trouser pocket. Nevertheless, something, other than simply having given my permission, made me inclined to accept the invasion. I had obviously begun to have some confidence in his perception or abilities, so I distinctly remember the effect of his words was that I suddenly felt deeply reassured and completely relaxed, as he had no doubt uh, intended. The man must have an amazing seduction technique. So then we got down to business. Are you human? No. Were you ever? No, but similar, yes. Ah, so you are a product of evolution. Most certainly, mainly my own. And you evolved from a species like ours, DNA-based organisms or something equally viable? Correct. So what exactly makes you God? I did. Why? Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And your present powers, are they in any way similar to what the superstitious believers in my species attribute to you? Well, they're close enough. So you created all of this just for us? No, of course not. But did you create the universe? This one, yes. But not your own. This one is my own. You know what I mean. Well, you can't create your own parents, so no. So let me get this straight. You are an entirely natural phenomenon. Entirely. Arising from mechanisms which we ourselves will one day understand and possibly even master? Subject to a quibble over who we ourselves may be, but yes. Meaning that, if the human race doesn't come up to the mark, other species eventually will. In one. And how many other species are there already out there ahead of us? Well, there's surprisingly few. Less than 14 million. Few? Few. And how many are at or around our level? There are currently a little over four and a half billion. So our significance in the universe at present is roughly equivalent to the significance of the average Joe here on planet Earth and relative to the whole human race? A little less, actually. Level one, the level your species has reached, begins with the invention of the flying machine. The next level is achieved when a species is no longer dominated or dependent upon its own primary, your sun. They are able to prosper away from their own or indeed any other stellar system. Humanity is only just into the flying machine phase, so as you can imagine on that scale, the human race is somewhere near the bottom of the level one pack. So do you mean that we will one day control our own sun, like Karshevis and Asmiov talk about? Quite the opposite. Those are the visions of an evolving mechanical species who imagine that bigger machines are better and stronger, and that we will always need more and more energy to achieve mastery of the universe. But the truth is the exact opposite. The more advanced we become, the less energy we require, and the less impact we make on our environment. You manipulate matter, which requires enormous amounts of energy, but we manipulate energy, which requires none. As a consequence, you would not, for example, even recognize a level two species as a life form unless it chose to let you. And all these evolving species, are they your children? I like to think of them that way. And what's the point? 
Well, at its simplest, life must go on. My personal motivation is the desire to optimize the intelligence of the universe. In your own terms, I strive to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. A great deal of pleasure, however, arises from communications between separate entities. Once you've achieved my level, we tend to cease to be billions of separate entities and become one ecstatic whole. A single entity that cannot die unless it loses the will to live. Advanced and self-contained though I am, or perhaps more accurately, because I am so advanced and self-contained, one of the pleasures we lose along the way is the simple joy of meeting new and unpredictable minds, and either learning from or teaching them. And thus, in large part, the point of the exercise is to provide company. I am the first eternal in this universe, but I do not intend to be the last. So you created a universe which is potentially capable of producing another god like yourself? The full benefit will be temporary, but like most orgasms, will be worth it. This being the moment when our new god emer merges with you and we become one again? Uh, don't play it down now, that's the ecstatic vision driving us all, me included. And when it happens, the ecstasy lasts several times longer than this universe has already existed. So believe me, it really is worth the effort. Yeah, I think I can see the attractions of a hundred billion year long orgasm. And humans haven't even begun to know how to really enjoy the orgasms they're already capable of. Wait till you master that simple art. Ah, oh, so it's all about sex, is it? Sexual ecstasy is merely a reward for procreating. It's what makes you want to do it. This is necessary initially to promote biological evolution. However, once you've completed that stage and no longer require procreation, you will learn that ecstasy can be infinitely more intense than anything offered by sex. Sounds good to me. How direct is your involvement with all this? Did you just light the fuse which set off the Big Bang and stand back and watch? Or did you have to plant the seeds on appropriately fertile planets? The first significant level of the intelligent self-organization of matter is the arrival of the organic chemistry, which forms the precursor for biology in the first primitive life forms. That chemistry evolved mostly in deep space, once the stars had created enough of the heavier elements, and purely as a result of the operations of the laws of physics and chemistry, which your science scientists have already largely understood, all I did was to set the initial conditions which triggered the bang and essentially became dormant for about five billion years. That's how long it took for the first life forms to emerge. That places them some eight billion years ahead of you. The first intelligent species are now about 4.3 billion years ahead of you, really quite advanced. I can have deeply meaningful conversations with them, and usually do. In fact, I am as we speak. So then what? Well, I do keep a constant vigil do I keep a constant vigil over every move you make? Not really in the kind of prying intrusive sense that some of you seem to think. Let's just say I maintain an awareness of what's going on at a planetary level. I tend to only focus on evolutionary leaps, see if they're going in the right direction. And if they're not, nothing usually. Usually. Usually species evolving in the wrong direction kill themselves off or become extinct for other reasons. There have been one or two cases where a wrong species had the potential of becoming dominant at the expense of a more promising strain. Ooh, let me guess, dinosaurs on this planet are an example. Too successful, suppressed the development of mammals, and were showing no signs of developing intelligence. So you engineered a little corrective action in the form of a suitably selected asteroid. Hmm, perceptive, almost correct. They were showing signs of developing intelligence, even cooperation. Study your trudons but far too predatory. 
incapable of ever de developing a respect for other life forms. It takes carrying your young to promote the development of emotional attachment to other animals. Earth reptiles aren't built for that. The mammals who are, as you rightly say, uh, couldn't get a foothold against such mighty predators. You've now reached the stage where you could hold your own even against dinosaurs. But that's only been true for about a thousand years. Your predecessors didn't stand a chance 65 million years ago. So the dinosaurs had to go. <clears throat> they were, however, far too ubiquitous and well-balanced with the ecology of the planet and never developed technology, so they weren't going to kill themselves off in a hurry. Regrettably, I did have to intervene. They were beautiful and stunningly successful life form, and one doesn't destroy such things without a qualm. But at that stage, how could you know that a better prospect would arise from the ashes? Well, I didn't, but the probability was quite high. And since then, what other little tweaks have you been responsible for in our development? None whatsoever. I set an alarm for the first sign of artificial aerial activity, as I usually do. Leonardo looked promising for a while, but not until the Montgolfier brothers did I really begin to take an interest. That registered you as a level one intelligent species. So if the sign is aerial activity, how do you identify technological bird species? Uh, same way. Intelligent flyers rarely become technologists, though. They tend to evolve into adapters rather than manipulators. But the few exceptions develop flying machines rather more quickly than species like your own because they do have a natural understanding of aerodynamics. But why would a bird need a flying machine? Well, that's like asking why you, would your species need cars and other forms of mechanical transport. The technology lets you carry heavier loads faster and for greater distances than just relying on your own physical abilities. Okay, so what about one of our more famous prophets, like Jesus of Nazareth, Moses, Muhammad? Hmm, sadly misguided, I'm afraid. I'm not here to act as a safety net or ethical dictator for evolving species. It's true that anyone capable of communicating with their own cells will dimly perceive a connection to me, and all other objects in this universe, through the quantum foam. But interpreting that vision as representing something supernatural and requiring ob obeisance is something wide of the mark. And their followers are all a bit too obsessive and religious for my liking. It's no fun being worshipped once you stop being an adolescent teenager. Having said that, it's not at all unusual for developing species to go through that phase until they begin to grasp how much they too can shape their small corner of the universe. They are an understandable awe of an individual dimly but correctly perceived to be responsible for the creation of the whole of that universe. Eventually, if they are to have any hope of attaining level two, they must grow out of it and begin to accept their power and potential. It's very akin to a child's relationship with its parents. The awe and worship must disappear before the child can become an adult. Respect is not so bad as long as it's not overdone, and I certainly respect all those species who make it that far. It's a hard slog. I know, I've been there. So you've been taking more interest in us since the Montgolfiers. When was that? The 1650s? Uh, close. 1783. Well, if you've been watching us closely since then, what is your average citizen uh, going to want to know? They're going to want to know why you haven't intervened more often. Why, if you have the power and omniscience that goes with being a god, have you sat back and allowed us to endure such incredible suffering and human misery in the past few centuries? Well, it seems to be necessary. Without exception, intelligent species who gain dominance over their planet do so by becoming the most efficient predators. There are many intelligent species who do not evolve to dominate their planet, 
like your dolphins and most of the intelligent flyers we were just talking about, they adapt perfectly to the environment rather than take your course, which is to manipulate the environment. Unfortunately for the dolphin, there is a dead end. They may outlive the human race, but will never escape the bounds of planet Earth, let alone your solar system, not without your help at any rate. Only those who can manipulate the world they live in can one day hope to leave it and spread their seed throughout the universe. Unlike the adapters, who learn the point of cooperation fairly early on, manipulators battle on, and once all lesser species have been overcome, they are so competitive and predatory that they are compelled to turn in on themselves. This nearly always involve, evolves into tribal competition in one form or another, and it becomes more and more destructive, exactly like your own history. However, this competition is vital to promote the leap from biological to technological evolution. You need an arms race in order to make progress. Your desire to dominate fuels a search for knowledge with the, which the adapters never acquire. And although your initial desire for knowledge is selfish and destructive, it begins the development of an intellectual self-awareness, a form of a higher conscious which never emerges in any other species, not even while they are experiencing it, for example, can the intelligent adapters, your dolphins, express the concepts of love or time. Militarization and the development of weapons of mass destruction are your first serious test at level one. You're still not through that phase, though the signs are promising. There is no point whatsoever in me inter intervening to prevent your self-destruction. Your ability to survive these urges is a crucial test of your fitness to survive later stages. So I would not, never have, and never will intervene to prevent a species from destroying itself, and most, in fact, do exactly that. And what of pity for those who have to live through this torment? Well, I can't say this in any way that doesn't sound callous, but how much time do you spend worrying about the ants you run over in your car? I know it sounds horrendous to you, but you have to see the bigger picture. At this stage in human development, you're becoming interesting, but you're not yet important. Ah, but I can't have an intelligent conversation with an ant. Mm, precisely. Hmm. As you know, most humans wouldn't even attempt to grasp that perspective. How can you make it more palatable? Well, why should I? You don't appear to have any trouble grasping it. You're by no means unique. And in any case, once they begin to understand what's in it for them, they'll be somewhat less inclined to moan. Eternal life compensates for most things. So, what are we supposed to do in order to qualify for membership of the Universal Intelligentsia? Evolve and survive. Yeah, but how? Oh, I thought you might have got the point by now. How is entirely up to you. If I have to help, then you're a failure. All I will say is this. You've already passed a major hurdle in learning to live with nuclear weapons. It's depressing how many fail at that stage. Is there worse to come? Hmm, much. Genetic warfare, for instance? Distinct possibility. And the problem is that we need to develop all these technologies, acquire all this dangerous knowledge in order to really reach level two, but at any stage that knowledge could also cause our own destruction? If you think the dangers of genetic warfare are serious, imagine discovering an algorithm accessible to any intelligent individual which, if abused, will eliminate your species instantly. If your progress continues as is, then you can expect to discover that particular self-destruct mechanism in less than a thousand years. Your species needs to grow up considerably before you can afford to make that discovery, and if you don't make it, 
you will never leave your solar system and join the rest of the sapient species on level 2. 14 million of them? Mm, just under. Will there be room for us? It's a big place, and level 2 species don't need much space. And for now, how should we mere mortals uh, regard you then? Uh, like an older brother or sister. Of course, I have not acquired more knowledge and wisdom than you have. Of course, I'm more powerful than you are. I've been evolving much longer, been picking up a few tricks along the way, but I'm not better than you, just more developed. Just what you might become. So we're not obliged to please you or follow your alleged guidelines or anything like that? Absolutely not. Never issued a single guideline in the lifetime of this universe. Have to find your own way out of the maze. And one early improvement is to stop expecting me or anyone else to come and help you out. Uh, I suppose that is a guideline of sorts, so there goes the habit of a lifetime. But seriously though, species who hold on to religion past its sell-by date tend to be the most likely to self-destruct. They spend so much energy arguing about my true nature and invest so much emotion in their wildly erroneous imagery that they end up killing each other over differences and definitions of something they clearly haven't got a clue about. Ludicrous behavior. But does it weed out it, but it does weed out the weaklings. And why me? Why pick on an atheist of all people? Why are you telling me all of this and why now? Why you? Well, because you can accept my existence without your ego caving in and groveling like a little child. Can you seriously imagine how the Pope would react in the reality of my existence? If he really understood how badly he and his church have been, how much of the pain and suffering that you mentioned earlier has been caused by his religion, I suspect he'd have an instant coronary. Or you can picture what it would be like if I appeared live simultaneously on half a dozen televangelist propaganda shows Pat Robertson would wet himself if he actually understood who he was talking to. Conversely, your interest is purely academic. You've never swallowed the fairy tale, but... You've remained open to the possibility of a more advanced life form, which could acquire godlike powers. You've correctly guessed that godhood is the destiny of life. You've shown you can and do cope with the concept. It seemed reasonable to confirm your suspicions and let you do with that what, uh, what you will. I can see you're already thinking about publishing this conversation on the web, where it could sow an important seed. Might take a couple hundred years to germinate, but eventually it will germinate. Why now? Well... Partly because both you and the web are ready now, but chiefly because the human race is reaching a critical phase. It goes back to what we were saying about the dangers of knowledge. Essentially, your species is becoming aware of that danger. When that happens to any sapient species, the future can take three courses. Many are tempted to avoid the danger by avoiding the knowledge. Like the adapters, they are doomed to extinction, often pleasantly enough in the confines of their own planet, until either their will to live expires, or their primary turns red, giant, and it snuffs them out. A large number go on blindly acquiring the knowledge and don't learn to restrain their abuse. Their fate is sealed somewhat more quickly, of course, when Pandora's box blows up in their faces. The only ones who reach level 2 are those who learn to accept and to live with their most dangerous knowledge. Each and every individual in such a species must eventually become capable of destroying their entire species at any time, and yet, they must learn to control themselves to the degree that they can survive even such deadly insight. And frankly, they're the only ones we really want to see leaving their solar systems. Species that haven't achieved that maturity could not be allowed to infect the rest of the universe. But fortunately, that has never required my intervention. The knowledge always does the trick. 
why can't there be a fourth option? Selective research where we avoid investigating those dangerous pathways. There is almost no knowledge which is completely safe. As you can see from your own limited history, the most useful ideas are also nearly always the most dangerous. You have yet, for instance, to achieve the appropriate energy surpluses required to complete this phase of your social development. When you've mastered the rel relevant technology, it will eliminate material inequalities and poverty within a generation or two, an absolutely vital step for any maturing species. Your potential paths to this bonanza include the control of nuclear fusion, which you only begin to explore in the context of potential mass extinction weapons and nano-engineered solar energy harvesting or hydrogen cycling. And already, your leading military scientists are looking for ways to develop equally dangerous weapons based on the same technology. And they will find them. You may not survive them. Similarly, you will shortly be able to conquer biological diseases and even engineer yourselves to be virtually fault-free. Your biological lifespans will double or treble within the next hundred years, and your digital lifespans will become potentially infinite within the same period. If you survive the potential threat that that same technology provides in the form of genetic time bombs, custom-built viruses, and the other wonders of genetic and digital warfare. You simply can't have the benefits without taking the risks. I'm not sure I understand my part in this exercise. I just publish this conversation on the web and everything will be alright? Mm, not necessarily. Not that easy, I'm afraid. To start with, who's going to take this seriously? It will just be seen as a mildly amusing work of fiction. In fact, your words, and indeed most of your work, will not be understood and appreciated until someone, some much more advanced scholars develop the ideas you are struggling to express, and they explain them somewhat more competently. At which point some of those ideas will be taken up in mass, and searches will be undertaking of the archives. They'll find this work and be struck by its prescience. You won't make the Einstein grade, but you might just manage John the Baptist. This piece will have no significance whatsoever if humanity doesn't make certain key advances in the next couple of centuries. And this won't help you make those advances. What it will do is help you recognize them. Can I ask what those advances might be? Well, I think you know, but... Yes, although you are at level 1, there are several distinct phases which evolving species pass through on their way to level 2. First, as we've discussed, is the invention of the flying machine. The next significant phase is the development of the thinking machine. At your present rate of progress, you are within a few decades of achieving that goal. It marks your first step on the path of technical evolu technological evolution. Mapping the human genome is another classic landmark, but merely mapping it is a bit like viewing the compiled code in a DOS executable. It's just meaningless gibberish, although with a bit of hacking here and there, you might correctly deduce the function of certain stretches of code. What you really need to do is reverse engineer the DNA code. If you have to figure out the grammar and syntax of the language, then you will begin the task of designing yourselves biologically and digitally. But that task requires the thinking machine. Uh, you say you avoid intervention, but doesn't this conversation itself constitute intervention, even if the people alive now completely ignore it? Yes, but it's as far as I'm prepared to go. Its only effect is to confirm, if you find it, that you are on the right path. It is still entirely up to you to navigate the dangers on that path and beyond. But why even bother with that much? Surely it's just another evolutionary hurdle. We're either fit or we're not. Well, in many ways, the transition to an information species is the most traumatic stage in evolution. 
biological intelligences have a deeply rooted sense of consciousness only being conceivable from within an organic brain. Coming to terms with the realization that you have created your successor, not just in the sense of a mother and child, but in the collective sense of the species recognizing it has become redundant. This paradigm shift is, for many species, a shift too far. They balk at the challenge and run from this new knowledge. They fail and become extinct. Yet there is nothing fundamentally wrong with them. It is a failure of the imagination. I hope that if I can get across the concept that I am a product of just such an evolution, it may give them the confidence to try. I've discussed this with the level 2 species, and the consensus is that this tiny prod is capable of increasing the contenders for level 2 without letting through any damaging traits. It's been tried in about 312 cases, and the jury is still out on the real benefits, although it has produced a 12% increase in biological species embracing the transition to information species. Alright, so what if everyone suddenly took it seriously and believed every word I write? Wouldn't that constitute somewhat more dramatic intervention? <laughs> Trust me, they won't. And so it's still the case that, should another asteroid happen to be heading our way, you will do nothing to stop it on our behalf? I'm confident you will pass that test. And now, my friend, the interview is over. You have asked me a number of the right questions, and I've said what I came to say, so I'll be going now. It has been a very nice to meet you. You're quite bright, for an ant, he twinkled. Just one final trivial question. Why do you appear to me in the form of 30-something white male? Have I in any way intimidated or threatened you? No. Do you find me sexually attractive? Uh, no. So figure it out for yourself. Yeah, thanks for hanging on. That was a long one. But that's just like a little thought exercise, and I want to punctuate it with the caveats of uh, a thought exercise. Uh, again, this is a, a lot of um, transhumanism kind of ground uh, fundamentals and foundation. And I am not myself a transhumanist. I do not agree with or necessarily endorse this whole thing. Other than it's fun to talk about and think about where we go in the, in the uh, reasons for building into the future. You know, the reasons for uh, building up generations below us to carry on our torch and what they should be doing and thinking about. And the thing that always struck me about this particular uh, thought uh, thought experiment is that we'll have to hit that point where anyone can kill everyone and everyone has to kill no one, you know? Passing through that, what they call this maturity of the species. Don't say anything or you lose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, I'm here. I know, you're just looking at me. Thank you, Quirkass. Yeah, I like... I like uh, I remember you making me read this story when I first met you, like, a decade back. Um, but, yeah. Do you have any takeaway? Do you have anything, any thoughts? Did you get triggered at any parts? I didn't get triggered. Um, I think, like, the biohacking is interesting. It was interesting, too. They talked about the engineered viruses and different things. Like, as we discover more about ourselves and about how we can chemically or otherwise manipulate ourselves and others uh more of that's going to be tried and it's going to be a power struggle and politically i think it's just going to come down to what it's always come down which is sort of this teeter-totter swinging between um the elite control and the uh masses 
tearing back their freedom and asserting sort of their natural rights as existing human beings. But uh, I thought it was also interesting that they mentioned the the earth reptiles. Yes. Not being... um, not being capable of any of this because they don't carry their young, and so they don't form any kind of emotional attachment to uh, anything other than themselves. Um, but yeah, uh, if you have any thoughts or thought found it interesting, you can always leave us a voicemail about it. That's pretty easy to do. That's right. You can weigh in on atheists talking to God on a train. Uh, you can weigh in on our first time I ever topic, which this week uh, brought to you by NetNet, I believe. Yes, that's right. the one that came up with this one. Uh, first time I ever shaved my junk. Always want to hear about that. Uh, so you can call in or text in uh, 816-607-3663. That's 816-607-DOOF. DOOF. Uh, Lorian says on the text line, you can even... Send your dick pics! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> She's always going on the rant post-show. Post-show sending dick, dick pics. Rants. Oh, my. Oh, well, one part in here that I thought was interesting is they talk about, like, doubling or tripling our lifespans mm-hmm. and potentially, potentially having infinite lifespans on the web. Sure, a, a digital consciousness. Yeah, sort of like uploading your consciousness, which in a way... Uh, yeah, I guess people have been doing that for a while. If you think about like Facebook and the kind of literal everything people put up there, sure, every I emotion, guess it would just <laughs> it would just depend on what you define consciousness as. Is it just like a bunch of shit about me? Is it pictures of me? Is it what I ate this I, week? I almost picture it like an animatronic in the Hall of Presidents. Cause a, you know, where it's like, we we know what they would say sure. about this based on what they've said all throughout their mortal existence. And see, to me, that doesn't really hit the definition of consciousness. I agree. A consciousness is an awareness that can, you know, make decisions or process information and uh, actually act accordingly. Uh, something that is autonomous, something that is independent, something that could, you know receive a stimulus and create a response or create a range of responses of its own choosing. I suppose you could say that certain AI programs already can do that, but again, you get lost in the weeds of where's the line between consciousness and not consciousness. What is, uh, what is the truth and what is not? It's all, it's all a uh, semantic word fuck game, I think, is, is the more that you delve into it. Yeah, well, it triggered my mind to some commercial I saw for an Amazon product that's like all these wearables going into an app that basically, it's almost like its own health system, like a doctor for you that's going to tell you, you know, oh, you're having trouble here, like, here we can tailor a workout just for you based on your sleeping, eating habits, Mm -hmm. your heart rate, all this stuff. And I think eventually we may end up in a timeline where that technology is somehow melded into us. 
Sure. I don't know how. <laughs> I have no idea. But sort of like where you can just kind of like check out your own biology, you know, like you be your own doctor, sure. make your own assessments. Well, like it's a like car. Three or four uh evolutions of, of Elon Musk's uh brain chip or whatever. Uh, you know. Yeah, but to the point where you're born already connected to this network. Sure. I don't know how we get there. Something that's like a biological connection rather than a, a just like some wires and a chip. Yeah. It's not like a choice anymore. It's like you're just born and you're already a part of the network somehow. You develop some and sort of maybe like a gland or a uh, something that can send and receive these waves of information. Yeah. And that would almost skyrocket us to one of the godlike levels of the one consciousness. I always also found it really fascinating when they talk about, you know, right now you're using massive amounts of energy in order to manipulate your environment. But we learned to manipulate the energy. And once you can manipulate the energy, you don't need it, any energy to do that. Mm. You know, you just borrow the energy around you because it's all around us in so many forms. But the problem is we harvest it and then we just lose the a percentage of it every time we harvest it, every time we transfer it from one energy source to another energy source, every time we move it from one space to another space, another physical space. So there's not that there's that efficiency lost when you know, when you move electricity through wires or when you transfer heat into electricity, when you do all these things. You need more energy at the beginning to get the amount of energy you're going to need in the end result. But hey, I mean, what do I know? I thought it, I thought it would just be fun and something different. And since we brought it up on uh, Bulls with Buds <laughs> with Mike, yeah, and we've brought it up on previous bowl. We have. Bowls, I've been so. I've been threatening to bring this to the bowl for a long <laughs> time, so now I can say that I did it. Yeah. And, uh, and send people back here to hear it. That's right. Well, thank you for reading it. Yeah. I was going to do like... I was going to say... I was going to do like different voices in the British read and switch mics and stuff, but I would have needed to practice for a whole nother week to pull that off. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I think that uh, I think that this is going to be doing there it. There were a few times I wanted to hop in and rescue you, but then I was like, no. I was like, it, yeah, it, stick through it. It'll all come together in the end. <laughs> you know? Like when you... <laughs> Stumbled over Asimov. Oh my <laughs> like, god! I was like, "Just go, <laughs> just keep going." I don't know I this know, Russian know. bastard's name. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he talks about like the level two creatures and mm -hmm. oh, so. And I guess I, back I'm, to your manipulating energy point. Yeah, like any paranormal experiences, and by paranormal, I just mean things that don't I can't like explain sure. competently. Mm -hmm. Um. It always does feel like it, they're just riding on the energy around, sure. you know, whether that be like your own like fear, like they can feed off of that or literally like electrical energy. You think maybe these are somehow. just some sort of level two forms of entities? Yeah, I mean, shoot, shoot they could be, even be human and just have better manipulation of sure. things. You know, it's almost like technology. It's like, no, they just have slightly higher knowledge and awareness of this stuff. I don't know. Fascinating nonetheless. And yeah, even my own bullshit radar goes off um, a lot of times throughout, you know. Um, the beginning, it's hard to get through to the beginning just because of like, uh, there's a lot of like 
dick wagging of atheism at the beginning, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's just kind of like the guy is establishing his quote atheist chops or whatever. So you didn't, you know, when, I, when you're talking about this conversation with God, it's like sort of written for the atheists to read primarily, you know? Sure. Open their minds. <laughs> a but allegedly for everybody. I mean, and that's another, oh, totally. that's another secret is you got to make it accessible to everybody or you have to keep everybody in mind when you're putting it out. Uh, any sort of idea. I thought that I thought the story kind of aged itself when he brought up the um, Darwin sticker. His like bu- yeah. Darwin bumper sticker. Because mm-hmm. I remember in middle school and high school seeing them all over the place. Yep. The Darwin fish with the feet. Yeah, that's definitely. Like and now it's more. Uh, well, at least the story of the arts. <laughs> now it's more like coexist or uh, what's the one I saw the other day? Bernie. <laughs> Bernie can still win. Bernie 2020. Bernie Obama 16, actually. Soap. I see a lot of that, too. No, there was one I saw the other day that had all these different... It might have been another take on Coexist, but it had, like, the handicap symbol worked into it, the female oh, symbol. Yeah. But Lots of symbols. So we all got to get along. I mean, that's like the... Well, we all have to know the algorithm to destroy our kind... Right. In one click or button push or code typed in, you just, and just don't do it. Yeah, there's got there's got to be a time where we all, even if it's not an agreement on uh, on opinions or on, you know, this or that, we're gonna have to all co- coalesce into something, or make basic uh, universal agreements. Even if it's the agreement to like leave each other the fuck alone. It's going to have to be something where everybody's in on something, you know? Actually, I did get a little triggered at one part, and it goes back to the Asimov part, when he talked about being able to rely on ourselves without the sun, Mm. being able to survive without the sun. Right. And it sort of, (laughs) I guess it triggered me just because of, um, you know, Bill Gates, like, spraying this powdery (laughs) substance into the atmosphere to, like, lower the sun's power or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like... Man, what if that guy knows something that's like closer to this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what if there's like a positive side to that? I only think negatives about it. I still feel that way. I think yeah. it's a bad idea. I wouldn't fuck with our son. Yeah, no doubt. Like we'd really depend on it, in my opinion. <clears throat> Especially like me gardening and stuff, like my little plants outside. Mm-hmm. We need the sun. Vitamin D, we need it. No doubt. But, you know, maybe, maybe. Or maybe he's a lizard that's evolved. <laughs> you know? He never carried his young. He <laughs> that son of a bitch. He doesn't have that emotional capacity. <laughs> They're going to destroy us. So which segments do uh, you want to roll with this week? Well, talking about uh, destroying us. Yeah. What do you think about caretakers walking out of nursing homes on strike? Well. Because... 3,000 of them did it in Connecticut from 33 nursing homes. Yeah, they all decided to go on strike for a higher pay. And all I could think was, what about all the old people hooked up to machines that tuck in their beds? Like, who's taking care of them? And I also, uh, being a caretaker at a nursing home facility, certainly not a job for me. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I could do it. I never thought about it. I don't like needles. 
I don't like uh, body fluids and such, but I'm decent at taking care of our kids when they're sick. So, you know, maybe it's as I get older, sure. my patience also patience was a, a factor in that decision not to go into any sort of nursing, mm-hmm. um, but mostly the woozy needle situation for me. Anyway, I don't know what the, the poor old people, whoever is in these assisted living facilities are supposed to do with all these workers being on strike. And it bugged me because to me, this is one of those jobs you take because you love taking care of people, because you love helping people. And I just feel like you can protest for your increased wages, but walking out of those people's lives, like abandoning them is just not the way to do it. Yeah, it seems like a... But, you know, their union sent out the notice that this was going to happen and They're saying they were overworked through COVID and underpaid. Hmm. And uh, I thought it was interesting. The lead of this article uh, that ran the story, the first sentence, more than 3,000 nursing home workers, predominantly women of color, like they had to say that, Hmm. are prepared to strike beginning May 14th at 33 facilities across Connecticut after an extensive year of protesting for increased wages, affordable health care, and better staffing. Hmm. So I guess they they're giving the the nursing homes a warning. You got till May fourteenth to give us what we want, or we're gonna walk out and leave you with all these uh, people who can't take care of themselves. Yeah, that would be a disaster if it happens. Yeah, it just makes me sick. I don't know. I don't like that. <laughs> but also, um, in Midland, Texas, an investigation found that thirty three. Guatemalan citizens were living in one home. Oh. There's like no details on it because it's an open investigation from the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Western District of Texas. Not a big home. (laughs) Would be why it made are no, You know, there's no pictures of the home uh, or hints other than it's Midland. Just a 33 in there. (laughs) Yeah. Here you go, guys. The literal headline, Federal Agency Opens Investigation After Discovery of 33 Guatemalan Citizens in Midland Home. Wow. And then the story is three sentences long because the last sentence is uh, that while well, the investigation is ongoing, story will be updated as more information becomes available. <laughs> Seemed like they it's jumped like, a little early with not it. Not a story. They're just like, 33, 33. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in China... The Cyberspace Administration of China, their like digital watchdog allegedly, mm. found that 33 mobile apps were collecting data without consent. And those apps, the app creators, have 10 days to fix things. Seems low. Yeah. I also was like, come on, China. <laughs> Is that you, you got that da- written down? Oh, hey, apps. Folks, you can't take people's data without consent. Like, yeah. China? That's our job. Asking for people's consent? <laughs> I didn't think they cared about that. I don't know. I'm ignorant. I'm a retard. I don't know. But. <laughs> and then I had a bonus. I know you're half retarded. Yes. At least half. I have a magic number bonus story. Oh, bonus. Because a Nebraska drug bust turned up a gun from Texas that was stolen 33 years ago. Wowie Sally. It's a bummer to get caught with drugs in Nebraska. Yeah. But a 33 <laughs> gun that was stolen in 1988, 33 years floating around, not in its true owner's hands. Damn. And now it can return if 
if the dude's alive. It didn't really say, like, the article doesn't have any details on that gun. Imagine They that. just used it to get the 33 <laughs> in the headline. I know. Shocking, right? Sounds about right. I'm shocked. Shocked <laughs> to see little details in the 33 story. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to do a coup recap. All right. Uh, Cap esp- it. Especially after last week's no agenda with the whole uh story about this potentially being like a self-spreading vaccine this is my coof jingle <coughs> oh shit oh shit <laughs> that's the only coofs i like hearing but i don't coofs don't scare me still coughs have no power over me uh except for you know now i'm i literally texted my midwife during the show and was like so should I just not go around my vaccinated relatives? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know that last one was alarming, wasn't it? Yeah, talking about this, uh, like the women just bleeding who haven't had periods for so long, and uh, like I saw one Facebook post where a child um, started like menstruating, and her parents thought she was having. A miscarriage, but she was like, no, I'm a virgin. And it was like what they call decidual cast, which was like looked like a piece of her uterus coming out. So gross. Just like nightmarish stuff popping up on this when I started like looking into it. And then I found some 2018 documents about trying to create a self-spreading vaccine. And... I was just like, well, that actually that makes sense. I could see it. I could see this working this way. I thought I remembered Bill Gates also talking about trying to use mosquitoes as a way to vaccinate people. Right. With his whole mosquito obsession the going on. Genetically right now. modified mosquitoes. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. It's and so just gross. Anyway, my midwife wasn't like not really um familiar on this mm-hmm. and i'm excited to talk to her in person about it thursday yeah, i'm sure a flood of questions have come in because i've seen it all over the place yes well she said when i texted her she was like you are not the first of my clients to text me today and i was like all oh, these ladies listening to no agenda so i want to be like oh hey yeah like can you please have a a picnic so that we can all meet each other have like a meet up like a <laughs> I really want to be like, who, who, I want new friends. (laughs) Gotta find out. Yeah, but there have been um, some videos from other midwives across the country and doulas coming out with like really sad stories. And uh, there is like a 400% uptick in miscarriages right now. So not cool. I don't like that. No, I don't like it either. And especially having a newborn around, it really scares me. Or, you know, preparing to have a newborn around. I mean, there's an uptick in pregnancies overall, too, though, isn't there? I don't know I wonder that. if there's some kind of a correlative explanation, you know? Or is it, like, percentage of pregnant women are miscarrying higher? Or is it just number of miscarriages are up? Yeah, like, if number of pregnancies are up, then it would make sense for number of miscarriages to be up. And then you don't relate it back to the right <laughs> you don't like, ratio are, it. are those miscarriages up totally or are they up proportionally and that is something i do not know we gotta know that we gotta know that it's like joe rogan said i'm just a moron i'm just <laughs> 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 uh, but uh you know what can you do so with the coof 
a Washington coffee chain got 33 PPP loans worth millions of dollars. They have 30 locations. So there's like three bonus PPP loans. <laughs> uh, but this article was saying that's not how PPP loans were supposed to work. You know, they're supposed to go to small businesses. And if you're a chain with 30 restaurants, you have deeper pockets than a ma and pa shop. Who should have gotten the PPP loan? Sure. I don't know. I don't run a business that applied for a PPP loan, so um, I don't like taking money from the government at all. Like, even the stimulus checks made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, uh, it's like, okay, I'll put you in savings because I expect that someday the government's going to ask for this back. I just do. Mm-hmm. I'm just terribly skeptic like that. I know they said they wouldn't and they couldn't, but I don't trust them. In New York State, hospitalizations have allegedly dropped 33%. Then there were 33 new cases reported in Humboldt County and Escambia County. I like that they go down to the county levels now to get these 33. They're like, where can we find 33? Gotta find one. The counties. Coming through. Where's the number? Oh, there's the number. Illinois had 33 deaths, allegedly, from the coof. And in Iowa... They're celebrating 33% of the population getting these experimental shots. Yeah. Wow, that seems high. But there was a fun story that came out this week related to the COVID-1984. And it's in Oregon where a high school junior, Maggie Williams, broke her school's 800-meter track record and got the state to change their mandate that students wear their masks for outdoor sports. Why, you ask? Because she literally passed out and skidded over the finish line unconscious. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, thank you for your courage. (laughs) Yeah, I say, go Maggie. You still, she did that 800 meter track in like 60 seconds, 60 something seconds. Just a little over a minute. Imagine sprinting your little ass off with a fucking mask on. (laughs) People have lost their minds on this shit. I know. I couldn't do it. I I would pass out in like one. I mean, I'm also an outdoor track (laughs) event in the bright, shining sun. Yeah, sweating your butt off, breathing hard, and you you need that oxygen. Look at the fucking NBA. These guys are all jumping all over each other, sweating all over each other, licking each other, (laughs) throwing the fucking ball (laughs) up. They don't have to wear no mask, and they're inside. I mean the. The inconsistencies that this has been applied at and who gets to be free and who has to be forced to comply. I mean, all of these student athletes have to wear their masks outside at track meets while the NBA players and the MLB players, all these fucking guys are playing their sport with no mask. It's just ludicrous. Like, we see through the bullshit. Yeah, and these it's, are... It's not justifiable. <laughs> The people pushing the masks are also the people who turn around and say, think of the children. It's like, well, think of these children. Yeah, think of the children that this chick just passed out. Like, I've seen runners pass out, you know, but not like this. Not just, like, totally unconscious. In an interview, Maggie was saying that she couldn't see or hear anything, like, for, you know, a substantive amount of seconds before she finally... The oxygen deprivation. Yeah. That's and at so the end of a scary. race, especially when you know a record's on the line, you've been training for it, like, there's a spot where, as a runner or swimmer or any kind of performer like that, you just go. You just, like, go, go, go. Even if you're slipping out of consciousness. Yeah. You can still just say go. Yeah, pushing that body. Leaving it all on the field. Yeah, she literally skidded. 
face down across the finish line. That had to be tough to watch. Yeah, it was. If I was their parents, I'd be pissed. No shit. You can probably see the goddamn school district over it. Yeah, no joke. Uh, I did want to add quickly to the crypto discussion. Okay. That the first tickets were purchased with Dogecoin for MLB and NBA events. Um, let's see, it was the Oakland A's mm. sold a pair of tickets for uh, 100 Doge. Nice. And the Dallas Mavericks have apart- apparently started selling some tickets in um, Bitcoin. Interesting. Yes. I, you know, Coming I just... into play. I know that the Mavs were putting some cryptos on their, on their books, so it makes yeah. sense that they would take it too for ticket sales or whatnot. Yeah. I say take whatever value people want to give you. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> oh, and also, um, so before I got onto Sphinx successfully, I was playing the like games for Satoshis, mm-hmm. and I wanted to point out that Bling Games, who I found their games first, is offering triple what they call Bling points, which convert into Satoshis when you move them to your wallet, mm-hmm. on their new game which is called Sweet Bitcoin. Sweet Bitcoin. And three times the sats, you know. Yeah, triple sats till Wednesday. I think, yeah, till Wednesday. So you got till tomorrow, bowlers. It's just a stupid, like, candy crush ripoff, you know. Yeah. But triple the sats. Stack sats. Stack some sats, put them in your wallet, and then, you know, give value where you want to give value. And then delete the app, because... I don't know. I'm just, I've never been like a mobile game person. Yeah. It's hard for me. I'd rather play like console games. Yeah. <laughs> like an <laughs> RPG. Yeah. I need to play uh, Fallout New Vegas, you know. But I just work like a jerk. So I don't know. I just keep dreaming about it. <laughs> dreaming, dreaming. Uh, about a month ago, Kansas City moved the homeless into hotels. And now. They gave them a 90-day stay, but all of a sudden, they're moving them around. Like, they're going to the hotel, specifically one, uh, the Econo Lodge up here, and they just told the owner, like, we have to move them for financial reasons, and um, because we've been hearing accusations of disrespect from several guests. That's a quote. Because the owner was like, hey, we had this agreement, 90 days, $100 a night per person, what the hell? And his rooms are, he was doing a walkthrough with the news channel covering this. His Some of those rooms are totally trashed, um, which, you know, I always think about like rental units I've seen and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me when well, you don't own something. That's, yeah, that's part of the problem is if, some, if something's given to you with no strings attached and you don't have to work for it, then you don't really care about it as much. Yeah. But what bugs me is that they interviewed some of these folks that are living there. Like, there was a family in one room. They have, like, a little boy who's probably six to nine months old. Um, And then this single woman. And both of them were saying, well, we just got jobs at the Denny's that's in the parking lot because we don't have cars. Mm -hmm. And so we've been walking to work every day. And now you're trying to load me onto a bus and move me across the city. Yeah, that makes shit kind of difficult. It's like you have when you for the people that are actually trying. I mean, don't color me shocked or confused here. I don't trust the government to keep 
a promise, you know, especially I, if there's yeah. no paperwork. I do here. trust them to fuck up any plan they try to implement. But it was they said ninety days for these folks, and here's the budget, and blah blah blah, and it's just frustrating. Somebody probably just took most of the budget. Yeah, <laughs> just, well, oh, we're out of money. Well, <laughs> coincidentally, the mayor just said that they're building a village of tiny homes for the homeless, mm. and that it'll be patrolled by social workers and security guards. And, you know, some of the people they're interviewing were saying, well, that's better than being in a shelter where you're, you know, <laughs> you know uh, to, I'm going to sound so, like, terrible right now, but where you're just, like, surrounded by other people who are potentially mentally unstable, you know, so then you, you're putting all these people in one big room together, laying on cots or whatever. Yeah. When you give them the tiny homes, they have their own separate living space sure with a key and a lock and stuff so that they can protect themselves be somewhat more essentially but they haven't said when they're going to start constructing them they haven't said where they're going to build them which is what i'm more concerned about now that kind of sounds like uh what adam was talking about going on in austin yes little tiny home village in austin they do have that tiny home village which is for permanent housing and they ask for rent it's like a low rent number i think gotcha Two hundred dollars a month or something like actual affordable housing. Yes, these are not that. I think the mayor said there was going to be like a hundred and forty of them built all in one place, but it's literally like a shelter, just in tiny homes. So you just come in off the street and get into one until you can get out. Hopefully, I don't know if they'll they'll say like, oh, you have ninety days in here. Or how any of that's going to work? Because they were. He literally is just like, we're building tiny homes. <laughs> Come look at one. Like they it's had like one he, on demo, you know. He's just scrolling around on Pinterest seeing like, <laughs> oh, how do I solve homelessness? Ooh, this, this one, this one. This, oh, Spence. It's like a closet the size of these tiny homes they're building. It, I mean, it's tinier than an average tiny home. Hmm. You walk in and that's all you can do. Bed on the left. I don't know if there's a toilet on the right. They didn't show the right, but it's like bed on the left and right in front of you is a shelf for your crap and an outlet to charge your phone or whatever. Because, you know, homeless people got to have their phones and stuff. Oh, yeah. We... <laughs> they got that Obama phone. <laughs> you gave us a phone. Oh, So, I don't know. Meanwhile, a woman here in the city was looking for a house to rent. And she got scammed out of almost $2,000. Oh. This is a crazy story. And it makes me so uncomfortable. She she said she found the listing on Facebook Marketplace. Now, Red I don't know anything right about that. Right, but that's exactly what I thought. Mm-hmm. I was like, face bag? No. You're already setting yourself up for failure here. And it's, she got there. It's, I mean, a lot of people are stubborn, but... It's not that great of an idea to go into a real estate transaction without a without a real estate agent because even if even if it goes poorly, you at least have somebody who's like on the hook to fight for you. Even for a rental though, because this is just a rental property she's uh, looking at. Yeah, now see the rental she, stuff is tougher. She's a single mom with five children. Cuz so, like where are you going to look for rentals? You're going to look on Facebook and Craigslist, you know. Right. So she found this house that had, I don't know, I think it was like three bed, two bath, and it was within her price range. And so she contacted the person who made the listing, and they were like, oh, yeah, if you want to come look at it, let's set up a time. 
and you can go see it. And she shows up and he's not there. But he gave her the combination for the lockbox and was like, let yourself in. So she put in the, she like took a picture of herself with the key and was like, are you like, I just want to document this all that you're saying this is okay for me to go in here and whatever. Cause she was sketched out. He wasn't there to show it. That's super sketchy. And I sketchy. would be too. I'd never go to a place alone. No, but she, un- she ends up unlocking the lockbox and letting herself in, looking around. And then she's like, this is perfect for us. Like for all these different reasons, you know? And she told him, we'd like to secure it if possible. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Just send me the first month's rent with a $600 security deposit. So it was like 1200 a month plus the 600 So she sent him $1,800 on Venmo. Nope. Nope. And then guess what? Yeah, it's not your yeah. house. And you have to find out the hard way. And she, she caught, this is where I just, I'm like, lady, come on. Damn it. You got to think. But she should have there was a sign out in the front lawn that's like for rent with a phone number she called that number after she sent this man the money and she got put in touch with the, the actual landlord yes the landlord the management company and they were like whoa 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 <laughs> there's an application process before right. you can even see the house you've got to go in you've got to apply it's They've like a, do yeah, a background $50 background yeah exactly you pay them like $50 with your application and then you go to a leasing office Ugh. and talk to a, a person yeah it sucks with uh, these scammers though because they'll just you what? know talk to people who don't know any better who are just trying to look for a place my know? thing is how did that guy have the information to let her in through the the physical lock you know, I just immediately thought they should be looking at all their employees and being like, who did this? Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, we we used to live at the 579 Star Building. You know what I'm saying? Okay, like, fair enough. Like, yeah. And that was the pin for the door to get into right. an apartment our complex apart- we lived at. Our apartment <laughs> complex, which was on uh, Walnut in Columbia, <laughs> it was known locally is the 579 star building because it was the fucking door code and they never changed it for years and years the same code so it's like you know come yeah. on man with security a little bit of security goes a long way yeah but yeah i mean it could have been an insider but my guess is that it was just somebody who happened to know the code and codes like that they're not rotated often enough no you're right i think you you nailed it so, yeah, you know, don't send your money to people unless you're sure where it's going. I don't think I have to remind any of the bowlers or No Agenda Nation listening of that. But yeah. it's just sad. <laughs> it made me sad for this woman, you know? It's wild in real estate. We always have to tell the buyers over and over again because it still happens, although it usually happens with bigger transactions. Don't wire money mm. for closing. Don't ever wire money for closing. We're not going to send you an email. Asking you to wire money with a link. Just don't do it. But that's the thing. Like, people just get emails and then they just click and they just follow. They're like, wait, what? Even even that when they know it doesn't feel right, some people are just like a deer in the headlight, bro. Yep. They just are like, oh, this doesn't look right. Click. Oh, this doesn't feel right. Enter information. Oh, this doesn't. I don't know this person. Send. It's buddy. Buddy, 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 buddy. Yeah. You're the target. <laughs> like that's that's what they want you to do. It's just I know. A dirt and it's a numbers game for them because if they just find people's info, they're like, "Oh, you are buying a house. I can tell this is your email." Mm-hmm. Boom! They just send it. Cause they only need you know three or four hits for every thousand of those they send out to turn a hell of a profit. 
I'm sorry. I just, Dirty bastards. Was sparked uh, in my memory of when we were planning to move to Kansas City and we were looking at houses and there was one house. Thank goodness none of this worked out because the neighborhood is now that we know not somewhere I want to live, especially with kids. Um, but there was a house up kind of north and we had an appointment to view it with the realtor, the selling agent, I guess. And I think it was the listing agent. No, I'm not it sure. was just a random agent oh, that popped up on Zillow. Zillow. Fuck. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, we had this all worked out. And then he never showed up. And it's like, bro, don't you want to make money? Yeah. Ain't this your job? That was so weird to me. Realtors will do that to you if your like pre-approval is too low, or if they're if you're looking for something between like, oh, I'm only looking between seventy and one twenty-five. Yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, well you're not. That's high not worth my, my time. You're not high on my priority list. I think it's disgusting. That is disgusting. You should just help people get into homes. People That's who your are, job. <laughs> come to you. You're a, you're obligated to you know help them out, or at the very least, if you're not going to do it, you can. In this business, you can refer them to somebody else and take twenty five. You know. Oh, like, yeah. If you still get a cut, hell yeah. You get you get a quarter of the commission oh. for giving somebody a phone number and this a name. Guy, you know, this guy just no showed on us. Yeah. I couldn't believe it, but luckily there was a doggy door, so I was able to <laughs> just crawl through and unlock the front and <laughs> let you in. Yeah. And we had a way better tour than we would have if some realtor was there. Lorian's first showing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> It was fun. And then we found our um the agent we worked with to get this place and he was awesome. And I love him, so Yep. He was good people. Um, real quick, Missouri did make national news this week because a public school official in the St. Louis area accident well, I don't know if it was an accident or if this got leaked, but he sent out a memo to the teachers who had been complaining to him about parents complaining to them about this race-based curriculum and some like critical race theory coming up in the curriculum. And he told the teachers, just take it down off of the virtual learning platform so that they don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. So that made uh, national news. I mean, it's like public education is all based on the same thing. It's all what common core at this point, you know. So you know if they're teaching it in one public school, they're teaching it in all of it. Commie core. Commie core, yeah. And so <laughs> last Wednesday, a state representative from the area, Nick Schroer, proposed an amendment to a House bill um, that would ban critical race theory from public schools. Hmm. Uh, it seemed to have good traction. The House bill he's trying to tack it on to uh, seeks to protect students whose GPAs were hit during COVID. Mm, gotcha. Um, and then another amendment was proposed for it that would ban biological boys who identify as girls from competing on girls' school sports teams and vice versa, uh, which I was surprised. I sent you a clip. I don't know if you got my clips. Yes, I should have your clips right here. Cool. But uh, they had just asked Bruce Caitlyn Jenner on their thoughts on it. Oh, shoot. I'm going to have to pull this up in the other tab. If we get quiet, all of this will go away. Well, that's what I thought. That's why I wasn't saying anything. Delete silence. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bowlers. Everyone's like, what are they doing? 
I thought I had my <laughs> clips worked out this week. This is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girl sports in school. It just isn't fair. And we have to protect girl sports in our but, school. But, but if someone transitions and now identifies as a girl, isn't it delegitimizing their identity to prevent Have a them? good day. Oh, snap. <laughs> Have a good day. TMZ got that little interaction. Um, Based Bruce. But yeah, I know... Uh, uh, Bruce, Caitlyn, Jenner, David, it's hard for me. It's hard for me. But, you know, the governor run in California. Mm -hmm. And a lot of conservatives are just like, fuck no, not going to vote. Oh, it'll never happen. It's got to be a, it's got to be just Yeah, but at the same job. time, it's like, just listen to the political stance. Mm -hmm. Like, as an Olympic athlete. Right. He, she, it understands, like, no, that doesn't work when you put biological men onto a women's team. Well, yeah, because you take the the slowest guy, and he's gonna be probably faster than the fastest girl. I was the slowest guy in track. I did. I tried track, all the way to qualifiers, but I didn't ever compete. Like, cause I quit after qualifiers. C precisely because of that, cause I was the slowest dude, and the f faster than the girls, but still slowest dude. And my fucking asthma, my stupid lungs couldn't just. They just couldn't handle it in the spring, running around in the cold air. Yeah, but you still beat the girls. I was like regular size Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's fix your asthma and go behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. Weed's a bronchial dilator, you know? <laughs> I thought you wouldn't have asked. Yeah, I know. Um, So MDMA just had a successful phase three trial with um, PTSD sufferers. Oh, cool. And talk therapy using MDMA. And they're starting their second phase three trial. And that's all they need to then get FDA approval for MDMA-assisted therapy. And if it's a success, which they're pretty sure it will be, they have 100 people already scheduled to start it, um, we could see MDMA therapy as early as 2023. That would be neat. Yeah, neat. That's what I thought. There's a... Uh... There's like a phrase for that, I think it's a... Uh... It's a step in the right direction, after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction, after all. It is, it is. Uh, and there's a lot of these big players in the weed industry starting to move their money into psilocybin and stuff. So... Uh, chatter on the internet is like, oh, this is the beginning of the psychedelic industry. It's coming, it's coming. <laughs> and they're like, w I've seen articles that are saying psychedelics are at where weed was at 20 years ago. And I'm just like, you know what? That's bullshit, <laughs> if you ask me. Because with the internet, research is so much more accessible and whatnot. I think things things just move faster now. You know, yep. I don't think it's going to take 20 years to see these psychedelics become legalized. We're already no. seeing it. Yeah. At least decrim on very many levels. Uh, so, you know, and I, and I was also thinking people are going to need some trip therapy if the FDA takes away our blunt wraps and menthol cigarettes. Well, the deal is like <laughs> politically, the support is more put together and aware and the opposition is just not as put together and aware anymore like it used to be. Yeah. 
this is also interesting. Um, I think today the Marijuana Data Collection Act was reintroduced um, by bipartisan sponsors. And it would require states that have legalized weed to enter into a decade-long arrangement with the National Academy of Sciences so that they can conduct studies on the effects of legalization, the effects of a population that's able to talk about weed usage, you know? Yeah. Because you always hear the politicians, oh, we just don't know enough, there's not enough studies. Right, yeah. Which is a complete bull. Oh, I know. It's there's not so enough gross. studies, but go get your COVID vaccine. <laughs> yeah. There's not yeah. enough studies, we don't know what it does, but uh, go take an experimental RNA shot. Yeah. For the good of your world. Seriously. Gene therapy, that's fine. Do it or you're killing your grandma. But plant medicine, no. But weed and (laughs) mushrooms are scary. (laughs) So scary. I'm scared. So, just circling back like Saki to the FDA threat um, on menthols and uh, flavored cigars, Mm -hmm. there is a mandatory... Um, time after they publish their proposed rules uh, they have to accept public comment then and the folks at um, I think it was Leafly were saying that that might make some room for a legal battle and also it should go without saying that it's fucking racist (laughs) well shutting down blunt wraps is unfairly targeting an entire industry for sure and menthols. I mean, what the fuck are we going to do without blunt wraps, dog? Yeah. The, Leafly had this study that's like, 33% of weed smokers smoke blunts. We have blunts here. But 66% of colored weed smokers smoke blunts, so it's Col- disproportionately affecting minorities here. Oh, God. I've never done a blunt. I'd do one. Maybe there's a correlation there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just funny also because I'm pretty sure that the flavored cigars were born from the banning of flavored cigarettes. I think they were born out of that legislation. Yep. So it's well, just like... Ugh. It's funny because they have done the ban of the cigs, and I think flavored papes went away for a while. Um, mm. Remember the Juicy J's? Oh, yeah. The Juicy J's got banned, at least temporarily. I don't know if that was permanent or not. but Nationally? There's been a war against it for a while, man. For at least 10, 15 years. It's trying to go against all flavoring of tobacco products. Yeah, well... I think they had to redo cloves and jarums just to make them like <sighs> cloved cigars. Like yeah. tiny cloved cigars. They had to rebrand them. That makes sense. But it's just such bull. Because there's even the war on edibles. Like gummy bears. Yep. Oh, you can't do that. That appeals to kids. Well, how about like... All the candy-flavored vodka out there, you know? They got, like, Jolly sure, yeah. Rancher vodka mm-hmm. and shit. The it's frozen like, shit. And... Yeah, you see all these fruits and candies, cotton candy, alcohol. It's just like, okay, so alcohol gets a free pass. Nothing else? Ugh. Always. And Big Tobacco, come on, they're so old. Like, figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out, Big Tobacco. <laughs> yeah, if Big Tobacco's so powerful, they're not going to let us, they're not going to let them take away our blunt wraps, right? Yeah. That's my yeah. hope there. No, no, but of course, they don't say anything about sugar in, like, disgusting children's cereal. 
As Billy Bones points out in the chat, time to get rid of sugar cereals then. Yeah. Definitely appeals to children. Definitely not good for them. <laughs> They'll never get me lucky charms. <laughs> uh, New Mexico is only going to have 33 licensed uh, growers at this point in time. Effective May 14th because the Department of Health just revoked one of the licenses. They only had 34 <laughs> licenses out. Oh, but they um, had to make it the magic number. No, it's not in the headline. It's just me making it magic. <laughs> oh. But yeah, they'll have 33 as of May 14th um, because the company ended up, well, two employees were seriously injured after a hot plate was switched out with one that apparently violates standards. Oh, boy. And it caused a fire and then an explosion. So, <laughs> oops. That escalated quickly. Yeah. That all happened last year. And, um, you know, they just came down with this ruling. Well, no, we're just going to take your business license away. <laughs> well. You can no longer operate. Um, yeah, that's not a good Start to set your no. funds on fire. <laughs> no. You might have not passed the test. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah. The hot plates. I don't know if they were making Learn extractions the code. or what. <laughs> <laughs> have you considered a career in coding? <laughs> yeah. Switching Fuck out that. a hot plate in the marijuana <clears throat> extraction room. Yes. So making some uh, concentrates there. They were one of the first to get their licenses, too. Fucked it all up. Um... South Dakota's Supreme Court started hearing oral arguments last Wednesday to uphold the voter-approved recreational market. Of course, their medical market is still um, moving forward with a process um, under the, depart the health department to implement a registry system for patients and a licensing system after. Um, but adult use weed laws were supposed to go into effect July 1st. And, of course, we've talked about this on many a previous episode. But a lower court nullified the voters' decision. So they've had to appeal it to the state Supreme Court. And this is just a... They pulled the page out of Nebraska's playbook here. Uh, the governor, Christy Noem, you know, she said that the adult legalization measure um, had too many topics on it. Like, it wasn't focused on just one issue. And under the state constitution, it has to be one issue. Mm -hmm. and apparently, growing, possessing, buying, those are all separate issues. It's just a four-letter <laughs> issue, man. It's called weed. Just so frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, two California companies, one that we talked about last week, who owe just under $2 million in taxes under mm -hmm. Section 280E, they tried appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court, and it was rejected. So They're not even going to listen. Not even going to listen. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So they're just pretty much boned, huh? Yeah. Um, there's also a growing trend to ban Delta-8 THC. Oh, goddammit. Which I have not tried myself. Um, I've been hearing about it. Of course, we have No Agenda has producers like the Ebels guy, mm -hmm. General Shitposter, or <laughs> General. I, oh, I'm so bad at people's handles, but I'll tag his website in the show notes. Um, who just had a magic birthday, by the way? So happy magic number birthday! But yeah, apparently, 
apparently, or apparently. maybe that kid at the fair or whatever. And apparently, we watch the news. And apparently. apparently. <laughs> um, the president of the U.S. Hemp Authority says, if you want to sell Delta 8 THC, you need a state business license because you're selling THC. And we're just going to end it at it's THC. So whatever. Um, 11 states have already outright banned Delta 8 and five more are currently considering it. Um, in the 2018 Farm Bill, it states that all hemp-derived cannabinoids fall within the definition of hemp, which is what they were kind of running with, with extracting the um, Delta right. 8. They are saying but, 50 state legal, right? <laughs> yeah. But in late 2020, the DEA came out with a statement that all synthetically derived THC remains Schedule 1. Um, and so although Delta-8 is manufactured from hemp-derived CBD, it's not extracted directly from the hemp. So it hmm. goes through a chemical process, and because of that, is classified as a synthetic chemical. Interesting. Yes. And this comes right on the heels of me hearing about Delta 10, Delta 10 right. this morning. So it's like, oh, the, well, here's the new cannabinoid craze. But they're trying to just shut it down and say, if it's THC, no. <laughs> Got to just stick with that CBD. Just roll the goddamn prohibition back. <laughs> that Wouldn't that be nice? It's like, wouldn't it's that just be this nice? Cat and Full mouse, plant medicine? It's just this stupid cat and mouse game that they're never, ever going to win. Yeah. Well, they're never going to be happy. And that also but. shouldn't be engaged in either. Like, just stick with whole plant medicines. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of fantastic products out there. It but could. a lot of those products don't really necessarily have to exist. They only exist because of these weird loopholes that exactly. people are going for. You know, like, ideally, if I had all these different products to choose from, including CBD, I would be reaching for my whole plant. <laughs> exactly my whole plant nug from seed it's like hmm a, an individual cannabinoid or a plant where all these cannabinoids work together in perfect harmony and give me the desired effects i'm looking for yeah i don't know i just i like it's kind of cool all the uh breaking it down and like you know when you go to buy legal weed and then on the little package it'll say like 24% THC and blah, blah, You're like, oh, that's neat. But at the same time, I'm also like, I don't really care. It's weed. <laughs> right. But it is kind of neat to know. And it's also kind of disturbing, though, that we're looking like that closely into it. It's just like, the, hey, can't you just show that like, when someone uh, ingests a weed product or smokes weed, they get an appetite. Some of their pain goes away. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. no, no. We have to know exactly how it works with the receptors in our body and whatnot. I don't know. Whole plant medicine. That's all I know. That's what I want. That's what I want. It's, it's all I want. That's so what simple. I want. It should be so simple. Um, in Texas, the House of Representatives advanced three separate bills pertaining to weed. Oh. Um, one would reduce the penalty for possession of up to two ounces of concentrates. And it says THC concentrates. Which I think is just hilarious now. It's like THC is just like the bad part of this point. So bad. Must single it out and demonize it. Um, anyways, it would uh, reduce the penalty from a felony to a class B misdemeanor, which unfortunately could still mean jail time. So that's like 
is it even a baby step in the right direction? I don't know. It's just mm. sort of looking towards the right direction. Um, another House bill would reduce the penalty for possession up to one ounce from Class B misdemeanor to Class C, which is then punishable only by fines and not jail time. Still ridiculous, but... And then the third bill expands Texas's Compassionate Use Program with, to allow physicians to recommend medical weed to uh, cancer patients, people who suffer from chronic pain, and PTSD. And it would raise the cap on THC from, get this, 0.5% to 5%. Whoa. 5% THC, people. Now we're talking. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It's a low ceiling, dude. <laughs> but but it is a big hop from 0.5 to 5. Yeah, I thought I was like, true. wow, you know, the <laughs> these politicians, they think that they're really <laughs> that's pretty crazy right there. <laughs> Y'all gonna put five percent in it? So <laughs> wow. I am really high. <laughs> these bills are heading to Senate in Texas, and we'll see where they go from there. Um Colorado lawmakers advanced a bill this week eliminating civil penalties for possession up to two ounces of weed because although they're recreational legal, you as an adult can still only possess up to an ounce gotcha. without getting a fine. But now, if this all passes through, you can possess up to two ounces. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. That's a baby step. It's a step in the right direction after all. And uh, you've heard about him? A lot. You don't want them for Christmas. Uh-oh. Jay fucking Inslee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> signed the Marijuana Social Equity Program this into law. Lord Emperor Jay fucking Inslee. <laughs> yes. Of Washington State. Ugh. Which, uh, I was kind of surprised to see this um, bill move forward and get passed into law because I just feel like Washington has had their um, market set up for quite a while now, you know? And the social equity always comes down to licensing. So I'm like, hmm, it's a pretty established market to suddenly be introducing this. But I guess you got to keep up with the trends, you know? Right. And, um, yeah, the whole the market's already got, like, entrenched players in it. But what this bill proposes is that if someone loses a license, like if it's forfeited or if they, you know, just quit, I guess. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine doing that. But... If they somehow do, then it will be prioritized to be assigned to social equity applicants. And they have not yet defined what a social equity applicant is, other than it's someone who has been n disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. Pretty vague. Keep it vague. Yes. Keep it vague. Keep it safe. Keep it vague. Yeah, well, you don't want to end up like New Jersey, who wrote that they would specifically have a black person on their cannabis board who studied a certain, like, historical major. Do you remember that? Like, the injustice major. It was a, such a specific uh, desire. And then they didn't follow it, you know? So mm. then they got called out by the NAACP and had to uh, fire a member. <laughs> oh boy a seat sitter <laughs> <laughs> a seat unsat <laughs> yeah unsit the seat and put a different person in there that fits the bill just crazy <laughs> now have you ever heard of snortable weed <laughs> no <laughs> yeah well 
Apparently, a snortable concentrate was almost a thing. Green crack. <laughs> Canna bumps. Canna bumps. Oh, my god! I thought this was fake. Okay, like... What? I, I was what? just like, no way. That's that's just like a an April Fool's joke gone wrong, right? It's just me and my ganja. <laughs> no, dude. It comes in a little glass vial. <laughs> it reminds me of a genetic repo. Or repo the genetic opera. Zydrate comes in a little glass vial. No, Candle Bumps comes in a little glass vial, okay? Oh, my God. And then it's got a little spoon and a little card Ooh. to break it up. And <laughs> you can snort this. It looks like cocaine. It's just a white powder. What the fuck? White yeah. powder is not I'll, weed. I'll post it in the... Um, I don't think this stuff is working. Posting it in the bowl, and it will be in the show notes. Um, but, yeah, uh... As you can imagine, um, <laughs> cannabis activists were pissed yeah. about this because it's like, hey, this weed is still illegal. You don't want to keep it there, do you? You Bath know what salts, I mean? Like snortable weed. Yeah. New um, brand name. But it seems like I don't know if this product even made it to shelves, but they did have a decent ad campaign for it, and then all of a sudden it was just disappeared and pulled all these you know ads and stuff they're just all just gone and the company um that made it thc living had a legal statement released to leafly just saying that um you know they they took a temperature of potential customers and were just like oh shoot no one wants this <laughs> okay we're not gonna go through with it yeah so, but yeah, you know, it's like, it's a, I can see how people, there's a lot of uh, folks who think medical weed is bullshit, and then you put something like this out there, make it look like a party drug, yeah. you know, like, and it's just like, oh, that doesn't help. <laughs> that doesn't help at all. <laughs> but I do, think it's, wrong I do think it's interesting. I'd never thought of that before. Um, but, and Oklahoma has been busy this week in the weed world currently there is a 60 day temporary halt on their seed to sale tracking system because a lawsuit was filed claiming that the oklahoma medical marijuana authority created a monopoly for a third-party tracker from florida hmm and they're just like, nope, this isn't what Oklahoma's about. We don't want a monopoly. And there were some cannabis companies that were already working with other um, seed to sale tracking companies. Oh, I so see. they didn't, you know, want to be forced to switch to this one company. And dang, that made me think about 420 when these uh, the POS systems, the tracking systems all went down for like a thousand different <laughs> weed stores. And it's like, yeah, imagine if you required every dispensary in your state to use one and something happened. That's not where you want to be. No doubt. <laughs> um, but also, in Oklahoma, their Bureau of Narcotics raided a licensed grower's property. Um, they raided 20 greenhouses. And the, the footage, you're just like, wow, that's such beautiful land with greenhouses on it. Um, and they're saying that the group that got this license, secured this license, wasn't reporting their sales, had fraudulent records, and they're alleging that it was part of a black market operation. And where it got interesting to me is that 
after that, you get to that point in the article, they start talking about how apparently, apparently, that's my word of the night. Uh, they've been, people from out of this country have been buying up a lot of land in Oklahoma and securing licenses because their licenses are far cheaper than pretty much all the other state licenses. Oh. I think it's like it's like $2,500 to get a oh, wow. growing license. Wow. Yeah. And so, and you know, in Missouri, it was upwards of 50000 Yeah, you have to put up 50000 that you're like never going to get back. Just, yeah. Just to try. And it says uh, the current law says 75% of each business has to be owned by Oklahoma residents, mm-hmm. but investigators are trying to figure out if some licenses are acting as fronts. Interesting. For yeah. foreign interests. Oh, God. So they, you know, it's an ongoing investigation. They're not really going into much detail here, but I was just like, wow, the implications of that. This is America, okay? <laughs> we got plenty of farmers who are ready and able and should be able to grow weed for the people. Yes. So... That's all for my weed news this week. Well, we did have a, a bowler come in to snag that uh, executive, <gasps> executive producer. producer. Yeah, Net Ned. Net Ned came through in overtime with a uh, fifteen dollars to the bowl. Thank you, Net Ned. He says, "Got no blankets, just sending cash, love and light <laughs> to the bowlers, so they don't pinch my stash." Net Ned. Hey. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, Net Ned. And uh, and if you haven't heard our Bulls with Buds with NetNed, check it out. Check it out. Yeah, bullswithbuds.com. You can see all of the Bulls with Buds episodes. And uh, yes, thank you so much, executive producer, for this episode. During the episode. It's all happening. All, it's all unfolding around us. Well, we did want to talk about the first time you ever shaved your junk. Uh, and you can always call the bull and talk about old first time I ever too. I think this caller did a make good. Hey guys, it's Rick from Goblin, hey, Missouri. Rick. Uh, Mr. Last Show, I didn't get the uh, phone call in in time, but uh, first time I ever went to a clothing optional campground. Nice. Uh, wasn't a nude beach, but it was a clothing optional campground. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the place is here in Missouri. You may have heard of it. It's called Camp Gaia. Oh, uh, yes. I mm-hmm. uh, went to the uh, one of their festivals with my. Uh, well, she's my wife now, but with my girlfriend at the time, Charlene. Mm-hmm. And she'd been trying to get me to go, and I was very apprehensive because I'm like, okay, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Yeah. I was a very sheltered child, okay? I mean, you've heard my first story about getting high. Yeah. So, <clears throat> needless to say, she's like, you don't have to get undressed, you don't have to do anything, just go. Let's say it was an eye-opening experience for me, watching people running around just butt-ass naked. <laughs> yeah. They were also also doing a Highland Games-style event, so guys in kilts, and yes, kilt checks were being done. Kilt checks. <laughs> and to see people perform, performing in these events, some of them completely naked, some of them in kilts, was unusual. Yeah. I met a man named Teddy Bear, <laughs> a very tall, very heavy set man. Sure. Who could play a harp like an angel, <laughs> but was always naked and furry as a bear. <laughs> and apparently, his boyfriend and husband both loved him very much. 
also got to meet a pair of young men who like to play the bagpipes, but naked. Yeah, there you go. But at least they can play the bagpipes, and they played them well. Nice. So if you wake up in the morning with bagpipes and a harp was kind of refreshing. Yeah, that's wild. I also got to experience my first meat tasting, my first watching of the running of the gates, which was people beating each other with foam swords while naked. Yeah, that sounds wild. They would say it was uh, quite an event, and we went back one other time. We haven't been back since, though. I never got naked. Ah. I'll say that. <laughs> I could have swam naked, but I didn't want any fish biting my worm. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. I'll fill you in later if you want more. Oh, yeah, sure. Have a good one. <laughs> Don't you want to see me naked? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one. Uh, oh, he had, a, he had an addendum. Rick, again, I just remembered a story from that first time at Heart, uh, People tell us about, Gaia or Heartland, about whatever you Gaia. want to call it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've never been yet. My I've first meat tasting, they had several people there with different types of meat. The judges would taste first, then the bottles would be passed out to the crowd. Well, everybody in the crowd was just taking a sip off the bottle and passing it around. Me, like a dumbass, I've got a solo cup in my hand. So a bottle comes my way, I just pour a little in the cup, and then I try to drink. Of course, by the time it's all done, I have almost a full solo cup of just <laughs> oh, an ungodly conglomeration of mead. Oh, mead, okay. Of different <laughs> meat, strengths and varieties. So whatever I had was rocket fuel. Zoom. So I'm already drunk. <laughs> and this was uh, either, that was Saturday. I'm hammered. They're doing a bonfire. Mm-hmm. After, well, during the meat tasting, they started the fire. <laughs> Keep hearing They're doing a drum tasting. circle. <laughs> drum circle. After the meat tasting, around the fire. My girlfriend, now wife, decides to go sit in with the guys and bang on the drum. Yeah. I am drunk as a, well, I'm drunker than Cooter Brown. A couple next to me taps me on, well, taps me and says, hey, take a shot of this. And it's a very beautiful green glass bottle with the with the twine wrapped around it and yeah. everything. And I take about two or three swigs. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, shit, what it? is this? Because it's really good, but it's really strong. And the lady says, well, it's Honey Jaeger. Yeah. It's like- don't ask me how it was made. I don't know. I just remember... I've had that I shit. saw vapor trails off of people after drinking the Honey Yeager. <laughs> they had a woman there who was dancing, who was a professional belly dancer, and needless to say, boing! <laughs> it was fun to watch her dance. Hell yeah. Especially when I was lit. Anyway, Bet. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. Y'all be good. Yep. I'm going to try and keep this van out. Off out of the ditch. Yep. Keep it between the lines. See ya. Love ya. Bye bye. Adios. Thanks for the call, Rick. Thanks for the call, Rick. Yeah, guys, sounds like a great time, man. Hell yeah. I've heard enough about it. People keep getting this. Keep like, come out to Gaia. Like, yeah, just haven't made it yet. Uh, The problem is once you start hearing that frequency uptick, though, you know, I just like I fear we may have missed Prime Gaia. 
Maybe. Because then you start hearing it from like a bunch of different people and you're like, oh, shoot. Oh, the words out. It kind of reminds me of uh, <laughs> like what happened to Schwagfest or, you know. Like I've, only, I've only heard about it from cool chili people. Chili Fest. Though. That's the thing. How about I, like Lupus Chili Fest, you know? Word got yeah. out to too many people and they fucking ruined it. Uh, the text line is asking if, um, damn it, now I moved it. Does Farmer Todd have a website to buy this thick, sweet nectar? And uh, I he, he did include a card with the maple syrup, but I'm pretty sure it was like a sort of a testing shipping and how shipping works kind of run. If I, uh, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Hillstone farms though, it's the farms, Hillstone farms at gmail.com. If you have inquiries, you can ask farmer Todd yourself. Just be nice. Don't blow up his inbox. You know, uh, ask him about his scissor. I am excited for breakfast tomorrow. I know. I almost don't want to wait till breakfast. We're going to give a full report. Yeah. Fuck, just put a straw in it right now. Farmer Todd's in the bowl. Our little chat and says, correct, Spencer. Uh, correct. I love being correct, Spencer. <laughs> when yes. you're incorrect, Spencer, people have words for you. <laughs> it's not as cool. Uh, a text line says, holy shit, that bell when you're drifting in and out of consciousness. <laughs> uh, we're in your head. Reckon you. And we have trained the dogs not to bark when it happens. I know it's been we we kind of desensitized to it. Which is miraculous because we are also dog sitting for your dad yep. once again. We have his two dogs in the house, and because our dogs do not respond to this bell, they have not barked at it except for the very first time you did it. Yep. That makes me proud. Proud like this caller is proud of his voicemail, maybe. Oh, you know what? I heard about this on Hoggers too. I think. Vagina. <laughs> I think Phone Boy had his uh, mic muted. Oh no! When he did the rounds, it's possible my voicemail to you was muted, which you know wouldn't be the first time I've done that. But um, <laughs> I, I noticed that my button was hit uh, after I had left a call for you. But uh, yeah, so the only thing I'll say about the first time I ever shaved my junk, <laughs> yeah, it just real fast. No doubt, <laughs> man. Um, <laughs> it's hard to do that without without nicking yourself. Uh, it's uh, easier if you do it for somebody else, or they do it for you. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, treatment. it's uh, it's overrated. I'll just say that. And to the people that can manage to keep their stuff uh, clean as a whistle, as it were, uh, well, good for you, I guess. Um, but meanwhile, I'm just uh, I'm I'm kind of over that, and uh, I just have to say, get out of my vagina. Excuse me, I did not mean to get in your vagina. Um, yeah, you ever you ever shaved for somebody else? Has somebody shaved you? No. Yeah, I've always done my own work down there. Yes. But yeah, first time gets kind of bumpy, I suppose. You know, the more often you do it, the less irritated it gets. It kind of gets used to it. Come to moisturize. Uh, another caller says. Hey, Spencer and Lorian. It's Phoenix. Hello, Phoenix. So I finally got all the editing done on my video. And I'm just waiting for the website to be up and ready to go so that I can post everything up, up on YouTube and get this show on the road, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Um, hit me up. I'll throw you a text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, throw it back and I can give you my number and, you know, maybe we can kind of sort out how to get this thing off the ground and 
then I can, you know, rip a promo for it uh, on your show. How about the promo rips? It's about 11.15 in your little slice of heaven out there. So I will talk to you later. Bye. Adios. Yeah, Phoenix. Like we said earlier, we worked a little with Phoenix on uh, No Apologies. She's going to be doing video recipes, so I'm looking forward to that. Value for value recipes is much needed. Yeah, I've been talking about trying to have like a value for value recipe platform. And that'd be cool if you could have like a video embedded into your recipe, you know? Yeah. Like she could have a dope recipe channel situation. I just have all these fucking ideas and I don't like, really have the coding chops to no, but pump, pump uh, structure into them. But if right you now, look around, we have like this wonderful community at our fingertips. That's true. That's true. And if everyone chips in a little, it just builds and grows. We just need like a... <laughs> ridiculous web app meetup. The monthly ridiculous web app meetup. <laughs> that would be good. Yes. Not as good as this next caller, though. So I think the first time I ever shared my privates, <laughs> uh, I think it was, it, had, it was later in my 20s, probably like 27. I got a pause because <laughs> the transception, the transcription. Transception <laughs> said, So I think the first time I ever shitted my priorities. Oh, <laughs> I love it. There's the episode title. <laughs> I shitted my priorities. Oh man. I shitted my priorities. I got it. Probably close to 30 because, um, I don't know, just wasn't a popular thing to do, but uh, it started to gain popularity. And then I started dating a woman that suggested that and uh she was shaved too that's quite magical mm. but um <laughs> i know when it, the first time i shaved them uh did not do the best job and uh there's a lot of uh shaking and uh a little bit of cuts and razor burns sure. and whatnot uh yeah gotta be so, gentle and then the growing back in like being in between going back and forth i think Probably be better if you're gonna shave. You just shave it and uh, yeah, keep shaving it. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Depends. But uh, yeah, that was the first time. But today, if it's before midnight Eastern time, it was uh, 19 years ago today that my uh, dad passed away. So toast a bowl to him and uh, raise a drink and toast to him and uh, remember. I was hitting this bag hard. In <laughs> <laughs> the bowl, Matt Ned. In the bowl. Yeah, you got to kind of pick one if you're going to go with it. Although I've never been waxed. I'd imagine that's the best way because then you have to fuck with it for a while and it's like super smooth. Right? You just pull the hair follicles right out or whatever. <laughs> follicles. The tough part, hairs out. whether you're waxing or shaving or whatever you're doing, is the scrote, man. Screw it's just you gotta be extra gentle on the scrotal skin. You can't just go in there willy nilly, man. Or in a hurry or any kind of thing like that. Danger zone, man. Danger zone. <laughs> Luckily too, the um the balls kinda know what they're doing, so the scrotal sac will uh <laughs> contract when sure. you're shaving or when you're even around it, and then that makes it much easier. Uh if they're like warm loose and hangy you can't you can't you can't there's too thin it like thins out you know what i mean the skin bunches up or it like 
drips and thins out. And you don't want to shave the thin out skin. No. Not not good, man. Not good. The opposite of the next caller. Hey. 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 This is Ivan. Ivan. Ivan Yakinoff. Ivan Yakinoff. <laughs> the first time I ever shaved my pubes. Oh, yeah. I took a huge chunk out of the left side of my sack. Oh, no. So I never did that again. <laughs> again, this is Ivan. Ivan. Goodbye. For the record. Goodbye. <laughs> for the record, that was Ivan and not anybody else that you know. Well, thank you for your call, Ivan. And sorry about your sack. <laughs> <laughs> Condolences. Good night, left nut. <laughs> when was the first time you ever shaved your shit? Uh, I was, shit, I was like nine. Oh, yeah. And it's not like a fun story. It's not like going to the hospital or anything, but. Oh, no. I, I had had my period for about a year. <laughs> I got my period when I was eight. Literally had no idea what was happening, by the way, when that came around. I was just like, wow, that's a lot of blood. Uh, But anyway, so I was, it was about like a year later. I had started trying to learn to shave my legs on my own mm-hmm. and um, was just like, you know, the hair just gets like really messy during my period. <laughs> uh-huh. I was, uh, I, I don't know if it's common, uh, but I was not allowed to use tampons at that age. Yeah. So I was using uh, pads, which is basically just like a diaper and yeah. just gross level of moisture and blood and everything just sitting there while until you change right and uh so anyways i thought i would do myself a favor and shave my pubic hair and i will say it was it did feel like a lot cleaner and not so like you know it was a lot of cleaning and combing and stuff yeah (laughs) trying to keep myself neat at that age and uh yeah yeah so that's that's why i shaved and yeah it was bumpy um, and it wasn't really itchy. I was really careful and I took my time. Yeah. And so it wasn't like a total nightmare situation or anything, but I remember like looking in the mirror and I just couldn't stop laughing because I felt like a naked mole rat or something like, just <laughs> like, this isn't how it's supposed to look. Oh, it was weird, but I've kept up with it ever since. So it's just like shaving my legs now. I'm just, just part of my routine. Yeah. So there's no irritation or anything. Yeah, once your skin's used to it, then it's just no big deal. Yeah, but frequency, because you're shaving. So then, like, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but you hear, like, it grows back faster if you shave. And they say, like, don't shave your arm hair, because it'll grow back thicker and faster and darker. I don't know if any of that's true. Those were the know. myths that were fed to me. I know if you wear a cast, but, though, then you get your hair will, like, grow longer underneath the cast. Ooh. It's really nasty getting a cast off, bro. Because <laughs> usually your arm is like kind of shriveled up from not being used or moved, and your hair is like darker and longer. So you got like this weird skinny monkey arm kind of thing going on. It's weird. Don't get a cast monkey arm well, on your arm if you can avoid it. If would, you can avoid I would recommend it, yeah. it, I'd recommend avoiding it. But I would not recommend avoiding this next caller. Something's buzzing. They're shaving their pubes. Oh, there it is. Wow. Don't get nothing caught in there, caller. 
smooth. <laughs> oh my. I wonder if that was our first time. Mm, maybe. Maybe they're like, we gotta fix this right now. <laughs> my first time I ever shaved my shit was probably 14, I think. Okay, hey, that's sw- pretty young. On the swim team. Okay, oh. nine. <laughs> I'm a lady. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like 14, but uh, for swimming, you'd shave your legs for competitions and okay. stuff. And so then it just kind of became like the all the body hair. That makes sense. Just kept going. And then, yeah. The first time I ever shaved my legs, it started with legs. And I didn't do it all the way up. And uh, I didn't, I just dry shaved it. I had no idea. <sighs> What was going on when you're just shaving the legs? And we had like a one blade razor. Oh my god! And I just dry shaved, <laughs> and bro, my legs were <laughs> fucking wrecked the, for like a week. I can't even imagine. They were like that. rushed, oh. rashed out. It hurt did every time bleed? my pants brushed by. Uh, did you like did you nick yourself on top of that? Probably. I, I don't feel like remember. You'd be so raw. I don't remember. Oh. I, I remember it was pretty smooth at the time, and it was like a little uncomfortable, but not bad. Wasn't that bad? Okay. And then it kind of felt warm after like a half hour, but then like by the time I had to go to bed and then wake up the next day, it was fucking wrecked. Oh. It was all rashed out. Ouch. Or like razor burnt, you know. Ooh. Uh. And they were like, "Yeah, you have." To, like you know, the coaches on the team were like, "Yeah, you have to use <laughs> shaving cream. <laughs> Get in the fucking shower at least, you dumb fucks." And you're like. Adolescent skin that's never been shaved before. Oh my god, it, well, it was, was painful. I was gonna say, did they, did the coaches ask you guys to shave for swim team? No, it was just like one of the things you did, you know. So it was just us dumbass kids not knowing what we were doing, like being like, yeah, just shave your legs for the next, you know. We're oh. all shaving our legs. We were freshmen. We okay. just heard that it was a thing to do. I was gonna, but say, it wasn't like you know, nobody had a team huddle and like. The instructions for how to shave your legs and shit like that. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say, I would have no. expected the coaches to be like, okay, There wasn't boys. like a handout or a pamphlet. There we go. <laughs> or, a, or a huddle or nothing. No. Uh, no. That but was you never made there. that mistake again. Nope. Oh. Sure didn't. Oof. Yeah, you got to have some kind of lube. And then what about the first time you shaved your junk? The first time I shaved about? my junk. Uh, also for swim team, just to see if you had better... Uh, Better times, less drag, whatever. Even yeah. though it's like behind the suit, it's still more like hairs. You're just crazy about reducing drag. And we wore the banana hammocks too for competition. And then we just, sh- you know, we just shave everything. And then you were a nude model. Yeah, that was that was sometime after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that was a long jump after. Not like this next collar, just a short jump into the bowl. Hey, everybody. So it's Phoenix. And as you heard Sir Spencer say, uh, I've got a new uh, YouTube channel. It's called No Apologies. And I just dropped the link to the pilot episode in No Agenda Social. So if you would, go give it a peek uh, and let me know what you think. And thanks to everybody who weighed in on what the first dish for the episode should be. So, yeah. Uh, in the bowl. Smoke it up. Rock on. Smoke on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, check it out. All right, we'll post the link in the show notes. We will indeed. 
Uh, one last call to wrap up. First time I ever. Here he is. Wow, fuck. Making some great points tonight. Uh, both of you, DeLoreans, are making some great points tonight about the weed. They should just fucking legalize it. It's medicine. Fucking medicine, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And an First easy over the counter one. My balls? Shave your ball? Shave your junk? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's the, that's the topic tonight? <laughs> First time I ever shaved my junk was in college. Nat Ned. And it was when I, um, <laughs> uh, I'd, uh, I, I went to college and I, like, cut my hair and I lost some weight and I was, like, just, just running around having a great time. And, and, that, and what I realized is if you shave your junk, then it opens doors for you. Um, it it uh, <clears throat> I, you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about. It just you know you got to be clean if you want to if you want to be intimate with people if you want to you know if you're with somebody and you want to make sure that they're happy it it helps if you're really clean yeah because um, that way you're able to do more things so you get to know other each other if you're both clean <laughs> it what doesn't the, matter at all. Mr. Spencer, what are the two rules of an orgy? You know what I'm saying? Oh, all right, yeah. in the bowl. What are the two in the bowl? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. If you're with the uh, strangers or semi-strangers or something like that, then, you know, yes. acquaintances, I guess you might say. Not strangers, strangers, but. Uh, you know, first impressions are important. Yes. And you, yeah. know, you put dab on a little cologne or something. Too. I know, I know. I should, uh, I don't know. But once you're a. I'm a little more laissez-faire about the whole cleanliness <laughs> thing because I'm fucking, I don't know. I'm an embarrassment. You get well. You just get established. You get comfortable. Yeah, and you then know, you're just you're getting like... all these different little rabbit holes, and you know, scrubbing the toilet isn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say, huh? Oh man, thank you for uh, weighing in, bowlers, on that first time waiver topic. And uh, we need a topic for next week. We do need a topic for next week. I was thinking the first time, because I was trying to remember the first time I ever did stuff similar, but like the first time I ever slept naked, I can kind of, I can remember that. I won't give Ooh. the story, obviously, right now, but that's a potential. That's a know. good one. What do you feel let's like? Just, I, let's just go with that. You like it? I like it. I like being naked. What first can I say? First time I slept in the nude. <laughs> first time I slept naked. Uh, I know that we're running long and the affiliates are going to be so mad. Yeah. <laughs> Not. Uh, but do you want to go bowling? Well, I was thinking maybe we could leave the bowling. Okay. What do you think? I'll put my uh, my lanes in the show notes if anyone wants to be amused. But that's fine. I'm down to skip the bowls bowling tonight. Yeah, the the read went long. I guess we could go. And you know what? We're rule breakers and uh, it's a podcast. Yeah. Let's go bowling. All right, I we're going bowling. I can see the sad look in your eyes. Like <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna just. I got my bag uh, and my shoes, and I'm ready. I'll be quick. I'll whip it down the lane. Okay. So last November, a three-year-old Italian greyhound named Zipping Sarah won a race in New Zealand. Unfortunately, they tested the dog's pee, and she came out positive for meth. Holy shit. Yes. Well, that started off real hardcore. They messed up the dog. Oh, Jesus. They did mess up. <laughs> the prize money was $4,000, and the fine they got was $3,000. Oh, still so worth still it. still worth it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. I sent you a clip. 
Uh, yes. I sent you clips. I sent you clips. I've got the clip. You've got the clip. You've got the clip. Um, let me look at the first word. Crypto, ladies, worlds. Or worlds. backyard. Or backyard. I need to just number my clips. I'll get there. Thinking I'll... about relaxing tonight, how about a nice glass of 250-year-old whiskey? The folks at Boston-based Skinner Auctioneers say the bourbon is the oldest whiskey in existence. They used a needle to extract a small sample and sent it off for testing. The lab said it was likely bottled sometime between 1763 and 1803. Damn. It will be auctioned off in late June and is expected to fetch yeah. between, get this, 20 and $40,000. Whoa, that's a turkey right there. That is a turkey. Yes. Fuck, I'd just have a smell of it. Oh, I know. I'd just pay for just like a whiff. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, in the bottle. <laughs> the bottle's, the bottle's sick. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, of course, I come from a long line of bottle diggers. You like bottles? And a bottle digger actually made the lanes this week oh, in yeah. England. A man was digging up what he thought were milk bottles and placing them on their side out of his dig. Boy, was he surprised when they started smoking. Oh shit! Turns out it was forty. Grenades from World War II. Oh my god. <laughs> Live grenades, I guess? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking he scary, dug up dude. World War II grenades. Luckily, they're like too rusty to explode anymore, maybe. Well, he called in the bomb squad yeah. and they detonated them in a controlled explosion. Yeah, I don't know. Smoking, though, that freaks me out. Fuck that, dude. <laughs> so I'm out of the hole at that point. There I'm, were there were no. 48 grenades in total. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to tell my grandpa that story. Oh, that's too many grenades, but, dude. Yeah, got the little roadie bottle club. Talking about it. Nothing like a world war to really fuck up treasure hunting, man. <laughs> <laughs> fuck up a lot of things. Uh, Just like China. No? China launched a rocket, and it went into low orbit. orbit, mm -hmm. And uh, it's going to come back down. It's going to hit Earth. They don't know exactly when. But it's going to fucking on. crash. Yeah, Just keep an, keep eye, an eye, on. eye on the sky. 21 tons. 100 feet tall. And it's not the first time they've done this. I'm pretty sure it's the same model rocket this time last year. Yeah. May 2020. Where did that hit? The ocean? I guess that's it the most likely spot. West Africa and oh, the ocean. God damn it. And they're just like, well, thankfully, we don't know of any casualties, but it did likely wipe out a village. It's just <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Or a or a, a wildebeest or something. Maybe someone, some trees. Someone stopped them. Someone did it. And they didn't go pick it. it up, I'm betting. God, don't so. give them the algorithm. They're not responsible <laughs> enough. Uh, if you saw a pool yeah. that was over 115, yeah, exactly, suspended 115 feet above the street and made it entirely of glass, so that you could just look down and the how far up you were. Would you mm -hmm. swim in it? Yeah. Ah, that's a two no that's like two of my uh uncomfortable spots for me. Heights and water. But anyways, the sky pool yeah. is coming to London. First of its kind. That sounds pretty cool. Transparent swimming pool. Eighty two feet. Ten stories up. 
between two residential skyscrapers in the Nine Elms neighborhood. Let's skinny dip in it. Yeah, <laughs> that would I, I. I would I do that. It sounds. I would hop in it just for the experience, you know. But yeah, I it would, would be a trip, dude. I would. Uh, yeah, I'd, let's just say, I would play it cool, but inside be like I'd be like, dreams you have where you're flying, man. Yeah, the same kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely do that. That sounds awesome. We'll play my next clip about bones. Okay. This will soon be a beautiful six-foot-deep pool, but construction has hit a bit of a snag. They had found the bones Friday and forgot to mention that to us. Matt Perkins says pool builders unearthed these backyard bones buried about four to five feet below the ground surface. Monday morning, we woke up to the pool guy had said he was going to come check out the pool. We assumed that's normal. Uh, wake up. He's out front with the police. Perkins says Las Vegas police and CSI revealed the bones were too big to be human and were none of law enforcement's concern. So he got an expert to confirm the find dates back to Earth's last ice age or about 14,000 years ago. We had joked uh, Friday while they had started digging that, oh, great, maybe they can find a dinosaur for us and it will pay for our pool. Um, obviously, when they <laughs> told us they had found some fossils, that was more of a shock to us that we weren't expecting that. What we found like was talking we, through a mask. when they were excavating the yes, backyard pool was that they were cutting through ice age layers of sediment. And sure enough, they actually hit a skeleton of an animal. Joshua Bondi is the director of research at the Nevada Science Center. He inspected the bones and believes the fossils belong to a large mammal, perhaps an Ice Age horse, a common creature that roamed the Mojave Desert and used nearby natural springs as a watering hole. This animal I want an Ice Age horse. surrounded by what appears to be some partially compacted vegetation. So it probably died on the edge of a spring and then just either fell into that spring to be preserved or... Uh, or some other mechanism buried it quickly. The discovery is not far from the Tule Springs fossil bed, which has seen large discoveries like mammoths before. Now Perkins wants to see if his backyard discovery can help science understand our primitive planet a bit better. Our bigger concern was this might be something we'd love to find out what it is and preserve it if we can before we just go, eh, concrete it up. Yeah. Yeah, but in ground pool. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, concrete it up. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. They, I read somewhere else that, um, it the bones start going like under their foundation. So if they actually want to dig this whole thing up, they're it's gonna they're be gonna a tear while. The they're gonna have to. Yeah, you're gonna have to fuck with the foundation to get under it to get to the rest of the bones. I'm just saying, put the pool and just live your so dreams. Just you know, carve down under it. To a second basement floor underneath, like a subfloor. That'd be too. That'd be just like a tunnel it down. Under. They should put a glass pool so they can just look at the bones underneath the pool. Yeah, there you like go. Glass bottom. <laughs> uh, a woman bought a house plant from IKEA, which I didn't know that they sold living plants. I thought that it was all those fake plants, you know, like not silk plants, but those like plasticky ones. They've got a variety of life states in their plants. Whenever I enter Ikea, I'm just trying to find the exit. Like, as soon as I'm in there. I'm like, let's get out of here. <laughs> I don't know why. But anyways, she brought this plant home from Ikea and found a little gecko hiding in it. Huh. That's tight. 
Yeah. But, of course, she called the animal rescuers. This was in England. And uh, they took it away. For a gecko? You know, to find a safe place for it. Yeah, because they said it was uh, exotic and could, wouldn't survive the British climate. Well, I don't know nothing about that. Because he's not native. He was native to warmer climates. Well, you get a little heat lamp. A lot of people I have know. Gas, I was geckos. like, it's a pet now. I, hmm. I'm guessing this woman just wasn't interested geckos in taking care of it. Geckos seem like pretty easy. You just get the crickets and feed them to the gecko, right? Can't be that deep. No. Yeah. Brian has geckos. Yeah. They're so cute. Uh, it's legal to be a kid again in Oklahoma and Texas. Oh, really? Because they just passed a bill called the Reasonable Childhood Independence Bill, which states that parents will not be charged with, you know, offenses if they let their kids play outside without supervision or stay home alone. Nice. I didn't even know that that oh, was a criminal offense, letting yeah, your kids play in the yard without fuck. sitting there where everyone can see you. But there's a story uh, in one of the articles where a guy was like, yeah, my kids were just walking down the street and then the firefighters showed up and he got like, he had to go through all this CPS crap. Fuck that. And he's like, I live right here. They are one house away on the street. I can see them from my window. Yeah, man. Like, I still what? leave the house and bike all around the neighborhood. You're telling me it's bike illegal. to the Dollar General and go wherever. You're telling me there's places in this country where it is illegal for nine, a kid 10, to play 11. outside. Like, what? Yeah, fuck that. I didn't even think about that potential. So, uh, I think, uh, Better safe than sorry. Time for the show me state to pass this bill, yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. Uh, all the neighborhood kids here play outside uh, without parents. Yep. Ain't no problem. Usually fine. Um, a 19-year-old moving to Arkansas for what I believe is college um, decided to rent an apartment without going to visit. And, uh, which I guess, you know, the coof. All that sort of thing. Right. Uh, so, you know, she couldn't go see these apartments. So she just ended up filling out the rental agreement. And uh, when she moved in, she was like, wow, all of my neighbors are freaking old. Like, really old. I'm just saying, this whole neighborhood is just really old people. Oh, shit. Well, turns out she accidentally rented from a senior living community. Oh, my God. Which I think is just, wow, failure on both sides here. Yeah, you'd think that you have to put a date of birth on the application, right? Yeah, so you would think that one of the officials at the senior living community would be like, oh, honey, you're not a senior. Yeah, you're not even allowed in most of the, that's why they call them 65 and over communities, because you have to be 65 at least. Yeah, I know, and my my great-grandma lives in one of them, and uh, they said you can't even have, like, extended stays for family that's visiting if they have... If they're under 55 or something, it's like they really want it to be 55 plus, but it's a 65 plus living community. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so we're just weird. <laughs> uh, and then finally, a Florida woman is pretty sure that a baby dinosaur ran through her yard and she has footage to prove it. Nice. Yes, I will post it in the bowl. And of course, it will be in the show notes for everyone to check out. Mind your volume on the security cam footage in this article. <laughs> um, but it hasn't been debunked. It looks like a raptor. 
You know, some oh, people really? are like, oh, it could be a big bird. Um, but, I mean, it's running. It is running fast. It's got a long tail. I don't know. Those, Someone uh, says you can... It, fucking GMO mosquitoes <laughs> making Jurassic Park come true. Florida's Hold got worse your problems. And it's a, the dinosaurs that are running all loose. <laughs> it, it, you know, these... Uh, the camera could just have a funny angle or something like that. Um photo of the Bidens with the Carters that came out where they look like giants, but it's probably just because of a wide angle lens, you know? A baby dinosaur. I don't know. That is hilarious. Did you you see the video? Yeah, there's some piece of something on its head though that looks suspect. Yeah, like a cone. Like a cone from the vet for a dog, maybe. But that tail. It would have been funnier if it was the big inflatable dinosaur costume. You seen that one where it's like the inflatable (laughs) T Rex? (laughs) That would be awesome. That runs by like. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a the blow up T Rex fat suit. Yeah, those things are so funny, and and you just see people face planting them all the time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's all I got. So next week we'll be talking about the first time I ever slept naked, huh? That's right. Get your calls in. 816-607-3663. Thanks so much for hanging out on another Token Tuesday. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day, everyone, if you don't hear from us before next Token Tuesday. That's right. We have a potential Bulls with Buds with Nick the Rat on Friday, but I'm waiting for final confirmation. His schedule's really tight. He's got all those dark sewer businesses to worry about. If not, it'll be the following Friday. So one of these Fridays, keep a close eye on No Agenda Social for the latest deets. Till then, I'll be Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And dog guys, it's Lorian. Till next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. May your bowls burn ever brighter. What does it mean to be the wolf? We're too close to the zoo. What about the aminals? It is on, folks. It is on. It is on.